Hey, I'm Courtney, and this is my husband, Marshall. And this month, we have a very special end-of-the-year edition of Blurred Watchers, featuring our very own first annual Blurred Watchers Award Show. We're calling it the Watching Blurredly Awards. We'll get you right to your hosts as we discuss and award our favorite, and not-so-favorite, shows that we watched in 2023. So exciting, y'all. Hope you're ready uh, to discuss. So sit back, relax, and hang out with us on this end-of-the-year edition of Blurred Watchers. My name is Marshall, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Courtney. What a hello, girl. We're back. Yes, we are. And what a glorious day it's been. Uh, what a glorious weekend. Shout out to the great state of Virginia, where we were able to visiting kinda, family. Yeah, yes, the holidays. Hopefully, everybody's holiday is going well, uh, as ours happens to be. Got a lot of got a lot of go birds down there in Virginia. Yay. Funny, that was a cute little, cute little interaction. Yeah. This girl wanted to say hi. This little girl, her dad was like, "Oh, she wants to say hi to you because she saw you're an Eagles fan." I was like, "Ow, what's your little what? What did her her shirt say? Her shirt said Eagle Gang birds. or something? Bird Gang, Bird Gang, Go Birds. But yeah, yeah. So um, you know, I had on my AJ Brown Kelly Green, and uh, things went well. But no, it was a great weekend. How you feeling, babe? Talk to us real quick. I feel good. It was much needed. You know, um, in general, I feel like I kind of been going through it. It's been a little weird, like not bad, bad, but I was like, mm, suspiciously weird. Yeah. Somebody out here putting, you know, roots on me. Well, you know, like, the retrograde shit. just started. Yeah, but yeah. before that, because, oh, yeah. you know, the other shit with my yeah. car or whatever. I was like, somebody out here putting roots on me. But uh, <laughs> I was like, whatever. And then, you know, my little interaction uh, before us going down yeah. i was all upset so not our interaction but I, interaction i had and i had talked to marshall about it yeah. so it was good to be around family and chill and just have kind fun I, yeah like i feel much better about things now um i'm in a better headspace so yeah gucci chilling. uh but no that's it's good to good to hear good to be back it is the end of the year y'all it's been a crazy uh interesting year of as I fix my mic, I'm sorry. Huh. Crazy, interesting year of television. And yes. you guys have hopefully been with us each month of the year. There have been 12 entries of this here Good Blur Watcher show, which I don't think we've missed an episode this year. I don't think we have. If we have, Alex, let us know. Shout out I to I feel Alex. like he would have yelled at us, right? And we haven't really been yelled at. You know, we've gotten a little, you know... I don't want to say that you should be more uh, stringent with us, but we, you know, we got a couple slaps on the wrist for being, yeah. you know, tardy. A little late, but there, uh, <laughs> you know, but things happen. You, you know, know, life yeah, happens. Yeah. But I don't think we flat out just was like, you know, fuck it. All right, well, check check game, babe. We got a special episode today. The good folks already heard. We got our watching Blurredly Awards coming up. The end of the year awards that I've never actually taking the time to actually put together. So I think previous end of the year shows have been like about, you know, what we like or what we've been watching and things like that. But this year we actually have an award show and this is good. Yeah. But first let's break some ice. 
we came across this uh, list of the most hated TV characters of all time. 178,000 vote, votes uh, as of November 14th, 2023, done by Ranker. So uh, forgive us if we do not cite any more than that. That's all I got. That's the, that's the screenshot. So uh, holla at us if you need any more citations or anything like that. I will send you the, the JPEG. Otherwise, babe, you want to get into this list and then uh, we can start the awards. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, as far as TV goes, the most hated TV characters of all time. We're going to start from the bottom and work our way We're going to start from the bottom. So, in 12th place, according to this, this survey done by Ranker, is Rachel Berry from Glee. Is that the, um, the, uh, the coach... Or the um the gym teacher mm-hmm. played by that Glee. really tall woman. Uh, let's find out. I never watched Glee. Oh no! It's that's funny as hell. It's actually um, what's her face's character? Um, what's her name? What's the mm. actress's name? Mm. Oh my god! Played by Leah Michelle. You sitting there looking at it? The whole oh, Wikipedia yeah, is Michelle. right there. Okay, played was, by Leah Michelle, who is like in real life a like not a great person uh-huh. people say that they hate working with her she got an attitude and apparently allegedly um i don't know it's a joke going around the internet but people are like not a shit for real allegedly illiterate cannot read ah wow but i think that might also just be a joke for people to be like yeah fuck this bitch bad attitude no no there's like yeah allegedly racist allegedly just like a piece of shit treated the black girls on set like fucking shit like just the worst yeah so terribly now that i know who it is i'm like all right terribly okay uh well she's 12 um i would i would think off of that she would be higher but you know whatever yeah um i'm guessing they're just going off the merits of the show itself so cool number 11 is our old friend the governor from the walking dead i you know what when we were like in it in it watching the walking dead which is funny given um what we're going to talk about later but when we were in it in it walking dead like watching it as it was coming out yes Mm -hmm. i remember thinking that he was like crazy and the worst yeah but we didn't really look at all of them so if he's on the list i know somebody got to be higher than him that's from there which i'm get, getting a little bit of sneak peek let's assume so, yeah uh no well no if you go down it's a funny sneak peek keep going yeah, but let's just keep let's just keep going in the in the let's go to the next person. Okay, period. all right. Yeah, well, the, geez, the governor, man. I couldn't stand his ass. So <laughs> I'm happy he made the list. That was a now, struggle for me to just tell you. Let's move on. Yeah, and you'll like, see I, it. Look, okay, I'm, come on. I'm confused. We're yeah. not facing each other, y'all. So bear with us. Number ten on the list is Emily Waltham from who? Emily? Emily? Emily Waltham. Look, this <laughs> this. Like, sh- <laughs> I guess this show called Friends, I don't really know much about it. So. But the, the name Empathy. I was like, who is Empathy? I just don't Emily respect, Waltham. I just don't respect the show at all, so I don't really That's care That's not why it. you made that mistake. It was. I mean, it was a slip, but I just don't respect the show at all. Point uh, blank. Okay. Point blank, period. How well, yeah, feel? we don't know who that is. So. Okay, cool. Let's move forward. Number nine. Caillou from Caillou, which is funny. I feel like people is trying to be funny because Caillou is the main character, but I guess they're saying he's kind of an asshole. Why do people hate Caillou? I don't, I don't know, know anything about him. This this list is not um not 
heavy on the lower end for me. I'm not I'm not in it until like the top half. This is a Canadian educational children's television series which aired on Teletoon. Why are people mad at the boy? Mm, maybe he's just like a little maybe he got a bad attitude. Aimed at the toddler in preschool. <laughs> what why are y'all so bad? Okay, that's fantastic. Number eight on the list. We're coming back to The Walking Dead for Lori fucking Grimes. This woman couldn't stand her. Yeah, and you know, that was around the time, especially just getting to know getting to know Lori, where it was like it was mainly I feel like people hated Lori because people hated Carl. And it was just like, bitch, get your son under control. Well, Ain't no reason why we always looking for Carl. Yeah, you just was, not taking. You too busy well. fucking your yeah, husband's exactly, best friend exactly. to be knowing where your son is at. Why he always in the mix, or we gotta find him being surrounded by walkers? And why is he a sociopath? Now, at the end of the uh, show, and the end of his time, mm-hmm. we came to like Carl um, because you know he was just doing what needed to be done. But that damn Lori, it was like, bitch, if you don't get your head out of your ass and parent your child, get your head out. You don't of see this little ass. sociopath walking around doing fucked up shit. <laughs> And and wanting to kill people and stuff like that, and Terrible. and you just surprised. Terrible. We all see it. I don't. I don't like her at all. So she's number eight on the list. Number seven on the list is our first entry from Game of Thrones, Cersei Lannister, who was just terrible. A fantastic villain. Yeah. But I understand her being the most hated on the list because, bitch. I came to King's Landing. I came to King's Landing with a live ass walker and you said, sure, we'll help. And then it was just like, no. But see, that wasn't even the most disappointing. She went out like a bitch. Oh, Jamie, I don't want to die. And I was like, girl, well, you shouldn't have did all that shit and cut that bitch's friend's head off and pushed her body off the damn a drawbridge and shit like that like she wasn't going to do like you was testing her like you ain't seen that she had a dragon that's yeah. the thing i didn't get you the one that was talking about power is power and what mythical creatures do you have on your end <laughs> to defeat to, her right. dragon like you have quote unquote what y'all call dragon killers but like if you can't hit him right and cersei was on i mean um uh goodness what's her name khaleesi she was gonna lose daenerys was only gonna lose one of her dragons in that way by that type of surprise you had one chance to kill those dragons you got one it was still two left you know what i mean and and it was just nothing you could do about the last dragon (laughs) haha um Cersei belongs on this list. Number seven is a good spot for her, considering who we have above. Uh, she could be higher, honestly. But uh, any final thoughts on Cersei Lannister being number seven most hated television character of all time? Um, yeah, like I said, I could I could see that. I think that's a good, and it's just sad that she was one person that you loved to hate. And then just turned into like season eight a just disappointment. killed all of I mean, yeah, it turned everybody into like, a disappointment. But yeah. it just turned to a disappointment where, where it was like, oh, you're not as badass as we thought you thought were. You were, yeah, agree. Uh, number six, we have uh, Shao Tucker from Full Metal, uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. He should be higher for people who have watched Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and are into anime like that. This motherfucker is diabolical. 
evangelical and deserves all the bad things. Mm. I, 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 it's it's, it's that, still hard the, to uh, watch. Is, is that the uh, the scientist? Yes. With the with the daughter. Yes. Okay. <laughs> he. Well, then they tried to redeem him in the end, didn't they? No. Who was that guy at the end who was like? The doctor. Shaw Tucker was dead long before the end. Oh, okay. Never mind. But he was diabolical and he he sacrificed his wife and then come to find out later the little girl is gone and now there's this little dog looking thing that is calling Edward and Alphonse's names and it looks like her and it's just like, did you transmute your child? Your birth. your last piece of family in order to keep your your state alchemist uh designation so you could research and keep doing research on chimera like my guy um numbers five and four on the list are from the sopranos i don't know much about them i, I haven't yeah i never watched, watched those the sopranos <clears throat> yeah so i'm sure i'm sure they should be there two ladies janice soprano and livia soprano so i'm guessing that's the mother and the daughter i would guess i Maybe. I, I don't yeah i don't i don't want to put too much because i mean it's, it's a it's a family show right so it could have been aunt or something I don't, I don't know either way let's move on to three who i did watch skylar white in breaking bad i did not insufferable so. insufferable oh is that uh what's his name's wife yes oh, okay yes that is that is she was insufferable. And I can't say that enough. Like, I don't know a better word to explain just how terrible she was in that show. So the fact that she's top three most hated, I can understand. Because I hate her right now. And the show's been off for like 10 years. Damn, that's um, crazy. Number two is Ramsey Bolton. Seeing one and two, I feel like low-key. No, not even low-key. Ramsey should be number one. Mm. It's a conversation to be had. I can't say with any certainty that Ramsey should be over who's number one. He was disgusting. He was disgusting beyond disgusting. Yeah. He was fucking up people's lives just yeah. because, like, he even made us have sympathy for, uh, what's his face? Who he turned into Reek? Yeah. Like, because that, that whole scenario was just fucked up in the mind games and shit like that. And then Let what? Him try I mean, to escape only for him to be his captor. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I guess he was necessary for the character development of Sansa for her to get her gully. Yeah, but to, for her to have to get it in a way that she got it though, that shit was fucked up. Like Sansa, Sansa was the she was she was the victim of all of her worst parts of herself. That when she was younger. I'm not saying she was paying a price or anything, but it's like she had a lot of stuff with her that she didn't quite understand of the world. I just don't understand out of all the Starks how she was so between her and between her and um, and Arya, how she was just so maybe it's because she decided she wanted to be just with the women and Arya was too much around the men where she, you know, even though she may not have fully understood it, she saw too much stuff mm-hmm. to, to know that men are fallible. And just because you have 
a title doesn't mean that you're chivalrous. She just seemed to believe that all these men she were around, or were around were going to be chivalrous. Yeah. And it was like, no, every single one that you, and, and it's like, girl, what's not clicking? Every single one that you've encountered has been a piece of shit and has used and abused you. And manipulated you and, and all types of shit. It's, it, was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Number one on the list, y'all, uh, is Joffrey Baratheon of Game of Thrones. So there's a discussion to be had who was actually worse, Ramsey, Bolton, or, or Joffrey, Joffrey Baratheon. Baratheon. You mean Joffrey uh, Lannister? Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, because that was... That that was Jamie's boy. Um, I think I get where you, uh, like if I think about it more, I can see why he might be or why he is more hated because he was the one who beheaded Ned Stark, and then all the other shit that he was doing. But even with that, he was a little evil little boy. Mm-hmm. But his temper tantrums didn't have the same effect mm-hmm. uh, as the depravity of Ramsey Bolton mm. and so yes we hated him because we saw him more as far as like in the first couple seasons or yeah, first two yeah. seasons or whatever Yeah. but in the grand scheme of things Ramsey did way more destruction I just think, I think that Joffrey's he was worse to lesser characters and Ram- and Ramsey was worse to main characters. Like our moral through line for the show was the Starks and the, the yeah. Stark family. So to see what happened at the red wedding to her brothers and her mom, um, and then, you know, everything else that was happening to the Starks, we were, we were protective of Sansa. Yeah. But even at the red wedding, that was after um, Joffrey was dead. Right. Jeffrey had been, had been killed by then, hadn't he? Well, I'm just talking about. Or, or had he? I don't. I don't think so, because it was it was the Lannisters and Joffrey who was. Um, oh yeah, because Jamie had his golden hand, right? right? Yeah, he had his golden hand at the wedding. So, um, and then later <laughs> on, Joffrey died at the hands of you know I want her to know it was me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Joffrey did some really heinous shit to just lesser characters. Like that uh that chick Roz from the North, she he Oh yeah, where up, he made her beat that other he, uh Well, yeah, and he ended up torturing her to death. Gold thing. Yeah. I mean he was doing some real off shit, but he wasn't doing it to Sansa because he couldn't. Well, like, he didn't torture Roz to death. Yeah, remember Roz, no, Roz got was the, Roz was posted up with all of the arrows in her. He killed that girl. Oh, he killed that girl. Yeah. I thought she was the one that was doing all the books and stuff like that for Littlefinger. And he made her beat um, that other whore with that like golden. Yes. Thing. And then after that situation happened, because Roz was going back and reporting to Littlefinger, he ended up killing. It was off screen, but he tortured. You saw her body strung up. Mm, OK, we got to rewatch. Yeah, I guess we got to continue. Our, well, we don't. But either way. Uh, so that's the list, y'all. Um, do you guys agree? Let's go through it again. Number one, Joffrey Baratheon as uh, 178,000 votes for Ranker. Number two, Ramsey Bolton. Number three, Skylar White from Breaking Bad. Number four, Livia Soprano. Number five, Janice Soprano. Number six, Shao Bitch-Ass Tucker. Uh, number seven, Cersei Lannister. Number eight, Laurie Grimes. Number nine, Caillou for some reason. Caillou. Caillou. 
number 10, Emothy Watham from Emily. Some, Where are you getting this Emothy? Where's the TH coming I from? I just, I don't, it's, it's, it's a block on this show for me because I think Friends just did everything that Living Single did, but worse. And it was clearly, they admitted that they wanted to do a Living Single, but just with white people. And I just don't understand. I'll never... I'll never be okay with this show. Okay. Um, number 10, The Governor from The Walking Dead. Number 12, Rachel Berry from Glee, who apparently is a terrible person. You really in- don't care for that because number 10 was Emily Waltham. Number 11 was The Governor. You just act like it didn't exist. Number 11 is The Governor from The Walking Dead. And number 12 is Rachel Berry from Glee. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you'll hear from our uh, esteemed good folks here on the Pop Break platform. I'm Marshall. She is Courtney. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Bill Bodkin, editor-in-chief of the PopBreak.com. Join myself, Amanda Rivas, Al Manorino, and a cavalcade of awesome guests on the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of ThePopBreak.com. And it's Amanda Rivas. If you're a pop culture obsessed nerd like we are, then you need to make socially distanced an integral part of your life. We talk all the things, Marvel, Star Wars, you know, everything on Disney Plus pretty much, as well as the hottest trending shows and news in the world of pop culture. This is definitely Al Manorino and not Bill Bodkin. So listen to the Socially Distanced podcast every Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so we can eventually get Disney Plus to give us advertising money. Please, we could use the money. I I have children. Hey folks, welcome to our one night show. Just take a seat. They're always free. On every pod you cast, a podcast dedicated to the rock band The Police, we, that's me, Justin Mancini, Chris Mancini, and Randy Elaine, discuss each of the Power Trio studio albums from 1978 to 1983, sharing our general thoughts, favorite songs, not-so-favorite songs, favorite lyrics, and favorite musical moments. We get into the nitty-gritty of all the inspired tunes, juvenile tussles, broken drumheads, and grotesque puppetry that represent the legacy of this incredible Power Trio. Come check us out every first Thursday of the month. And welcome back. We're back. We're back. You ready? You still here? I'm still here. Let's get into it. All right, bet. Yo. First annual watching Blurredly Awards featuring myself, Marshall, and my wife. Courtney. We have gone over each and every one of our shows, all of the agendas, all of the shows we covered. We have some uh, automatic awards. We have two automatic awards this evening because the two options were running unopposed. Hmm. So we'll do one of those at the top and near the bottom of our awardiness. We have awards that are specifically tuned for people who would know what we've been talking about this year, but also all the good stuff that we've come up with and watched. And it was a good opportunity for us to have a bit of nostalgia and be like, damn, did we watch that this year? Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's get started. Do you want to give out one of the um, uh, unopposed awards first, babe? Sure. Let's do it. Which one do you want to start with? I, you know what? Dealer's choice. Best game show of the year, you guys, that we watch goes to no other than Physical 100. Physical 100. Yep. Yes. <sighs> yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and that's purely because that was like basically the only game show that we watched. 
and additionally, we binged that in we like did. a day, right? We it just was great. We it was one of those days where we like didn't leave the bed kind yeah, of days. Lazy Saturday type. Um, and yeah, just whole binge the whole thing. But then they they gave us the okie doke and they put the last episode like two weeks later. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, great great show. Um, congratulations to Physical One Hundred. You can find that on Netflix. Uh, check it out. Pretty it was actually show. enjoyable and surprising in regards to um, like the people that were beating out the other people. Because yeah. it kind of was like, first it was like men against women type of thing. Yeah. Well, not even men against women, but it was like the most strong men and the most strong women in Korea. Yeah, and then you know, of course, we went through with them going against each other, and then they mixed the teams, so it was a mixture of men and women. Yeah, um, and I, I thought they did a good job of not making it about like this. Physical one hundred was about who had the most perfect body, right, and who could survive the longest, be the strongest, be the fastest, like all these different things that they did to test these folks. And you had like you know. Um, uh, mountain climbers and Paralympic athletes and and triathlon and gymnasts and and stunt people and, and all different like types. YouTube fitness. There was one girl that was just like she was like uh, real famous for doing YouTube fitness stuff, and she was lucky strong as fuck. Yeah, like, she went she, much further than we thought. Yeah, and she was like because there was different competitions for stuff where for some people it just was going to be hard because like if all you do is lift weights and stuff like that right like oh okay i you know i can lift the i lift the most amount of weights out of anybody in korea like as far as like how much at one time like i can lift you know 500 pounds whatever it's like that's great but what's your grip strength can you hold on to this bar suspended over this pool of water for 30 minutes without letting go without your arms getting tired and it's like oh okay that's something people who can't bench 500 pounds was holding down for longer than people who were all muscle bound and their bodies were too heavy for their grip yep or their endurance and it was dope uh and like you said we binged it really enjoyable show if you guys haven't checked it out like i said fiscal 100 it is on netflix the whole first season is out it's really enjoyable. We won't spoil who wins, but it's not. Who you I think honestly it is. forget who wins, to be honest. That's okay. So. <laughs> That's okay. I just remember enjoying the show. All right, bet. So uh, it was dealer's choice for me. Now you get to decide the next award. Oh yeah, I, I thought it was. We were just going through the ones that had no, no other contestants. Okay. So the next would be documentary of the year. And the winner of documentary of the year is. Kelsey. Okay, I'm about to say because you, I didn't watch Kelsey, it. You yeah. watched it. <laughs> yeah, Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey on Prime Video, y'all. Um, great, great documentary. Um, Jason Kelsey is one of my favorite uh, Eagles, actively on the team, and uh, he's a legend in Philly. And you know, we just love him. Uh, so if you guys do get a chance and you like sports and you like documentaries, you don't have to be an Eagles fan, but if you are, it'll be something even uh, even more special. Um, you get to see him, you get to see his family, his brother Travis, who is uh dating some chick by the name of uh Taylor Swift right now on some district. Oh no, man, didn't they say that they might not be dating no more? That was just a whole public. I don't even know, <sighs> I don't so keep tired. up with her anyway. So. I'm so tired. Uh, and I thought she was dating somebody else right now. I love don't know. to all the Swifties, but I'm so I'm so tired. Um, <laughs> but yes, congratulations to Kelsey winning the 
uh, esteemed Watching Blurredly Award from the Blurred Watchers podcast. Next, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't watched uh, Kelsey, it is on Prime Video. Check it out. Next, we have um, one of my favorite categories to put together. <laughs> uh, this category is called the We Fell Off Show of the Year. Oh, yeah, um, and we did some fell off on some of these hard yeah. cheese and bread. So this is a category, if if it needs explanation, of shows that we started watching but fell the fuck off. For whatever reason, uh, we just did not finish it, and we put together some of our favorites. Uh, the nominees are Bloodhounds from Netflix. The Continental on Peacock. You on Netflix. Uh, Kizazi Moto Generation Fire Season 1. Swarm from Donald Glover on FX. And Hell's Paradise. And that was Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll. Babe, what do you think? Um. Well, maybe let's go through, talk a little bit about each one, and then we can kind of decide from there. Bloodhounds was dope. Uh, it was about, it was a Korean, Korean show, a K-drama. Yeah. Horror. Uh, and it start two young boxers that are trying to fight the unfair loan shark system in Korea. Yeah, it's a very, um, very predatory loan. This company go putting out very predatory loans. Basically, is set in like during the time of like the height of COVID and mm-hmm. the shutdown and lockdowns, and so it was a lot of people with small businesses, like cafes and shit like that, was locked down. Y'all can't be going to cafes, so they were suffering, and they were like, "Oh, we could just give you this loan." give you this advance that's going to help you or whatever so you can keep your doors open while you're waiting for this you know lockdown to end we just need for you to like sign up for it now we'll give you all this money and all this other kind of stuff and then they come back the next day and they'd be like oh why didn't you pay why didn't you pay like the first installment like yeah we said this was like no interest but in order to get the no interest for this many years you had to pay that first installment they're like what are you talking about it's like it was right there in the fine print why would you why would you make me look bad in front of these lenders? I said, oh, yeah, of course they're going to do that and blah, blah. And it's like now, now, because you didn't do that, you don't get the, the 10 years with 0% interest. Now you get interest for every month. And it's like uh, 45% mm. interest and blah, blah, blah. And it's compounding and shit like that. And they were like, what? What are you talking about? You never said nothing about that. And they're like, no, I did. And see, I tried to do something nice for you and you betrayed me. And now you owe me this money. And then they come in with goons to fucking rough the place up and shit and one one of the people that they decided to do that to was one of the main characters mamas and he came home and saw her ass getting beat up and he essentially was a one right was a one man jumping machine he beat he beat they ass on the way to the front door right he tore through a group of 20 men to get to his mom because he's like a boxer he's ex-military like and, and and this this dude got hands you know yeah, what I'm saying and, he was uh, fucking them up I was like you got to be fucking embarrassed absolutely absolutely I mean and he didn't come out without any injuries not like perfect but he fucked them up way worse well but see he got his injuries because then they got that big dude came in and he was fighting dirty and yeah, then got cut in his face by the main guy because he was a little bitch because he saw how nice he was. He was like, yo, I'll forgive all that shit. Just come work for me. And he was like, nah, you a piece of shit. Fuck right. you. And then he cut him up. Bloodhounds was good. We uh we got to get back to that. So um the next nominee, The Continental, there was supposed to be, what, three parts? And we watched one. Yeah. Um, it 
we fell off um i think we have another category that this could fall under but not really because we felt off we mm. fell off yeah um and so we can't really say it's in this other category because we didn't watch the whole thing it just it wasn't what i thought it was going to be right yeah and that's probably also because it was on peacock so of course it wasn't going to be all out menace to society fucking bloody gore beating you down type of action because it's not a movie and it's not you know really like rated r like it's got some shit in it but it wasn't as exciting right as john wick yeah um and I think we just misunderstood I or I misunderstood the premise, I guess, because it was about the dude who ended up being, I guess, the overseer of the Continental or whatever, yeah, whatever that guy's name for, was uh, for uh, the Continental manager. I forget his name, too. Yeah, it was like Michael or some shit like that. I don't know. Whatever. Um. So, yeah, that just I was like, oh, OK, this is kind of interesting. But it is like we watched the first episode. We're like, OK, the next episode is coming out next week. And it came just out, and I was never, just like, uh, "I'll I'll sit down and watch it at some point." And yeah. I just did it, and that was like months ago now. So either way, um, next up in the nominees is you. On yeah. Netflix. So with you, it's like we. I feel like I keep getting on a roll. Yeah. And then stopping because we had I had finished the first season, and then I started the second season, but then got off off of the second season and came back to it, so I had to restart it. And you were basically kind of watching it with me too. Mm-hmm. Uh and this this second season was a good season. Yeah. Uh and it but it was getting into it was almost like kind of what happened to us with um with uh Dexter. Dexter, yes. It's like okay, now he a family man and he trying to be good and trying to like, you know, not get up, obsessed with somebody and not, you know, do his his devilment and stuff. And you're like, oh, this isn't as fun. Um, and then also I just didn't like, we were seeing more and more of, uh, of love. Yeah. And I just didn't like her. Well, you knew what it was immediately. You called it like, I might, I might feel like you called it the third episode, maybe the second episode you called it. Um, what with love's crazy ass? Yeah, I mean, part of it was like when you was popping. We are I had already known that love was crazy oh. and that she was killing people. Right? Okay. It was just basically I was like, okay, when is she going to show herself? And that happened at the end of season two. Right. Um, so I was just sitting there waiting for it to happen. So with that knowledge, I mean, I was still trying to look at love like, oh, she. Um, you know, oh, this is a, a young woman who just wants to be in love and she trusts in Joe and stuff like that, but knowing that she's actually crazy. Yeah. But I see the thing was I was seeing all of the discourse, but I wasn't really, really paying attention because I didn't know the bitch had scoped him out before he had scoped her out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, God damn, you thought you was scoping her out so that you could work at the little uh the little coffee shop and stuff like that because first of all he was making it seem because he was making it seem like oh he just met her organically but he had scoped her out as soon as his ass had touched down in 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 la (laughs) and he ended up working there and having that book because we're like oh yeah joe reads books and shit like that so i thought that was just what it was but it was because he had already known that they was trying to sell that fucking book 
and the guy could not find nobody work there but also he had to get rid of this damn book that now they have bought all this inventory of and that love worked there and not just oh he read he seen her in between the book aisles and think oh hey you we thinking as the audience this is the first time he met her but he saw her like as soon as he came off the yeah. plane but the issue is she saw him too yeah and he thought he was being incognito but she saw him watching her and that's when she got intrigued as well yeah and it's definitely one of those i mean i feel like we fell off because as 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 we watched dexter the way that we did like for me i can only speak for me but joe is just a bumbling fucking idiot like compared to other crazy he gets lucky a lot i feel like so lucky i feel like joe does a lot of shit where you're like okay this this man has some mastery right like how do you even know how to build this fucking this fucking fish tank that you be putting people in and you know how to fake rare books so that you can get a like an easy five thousand dollars off of selling like oh this first edition and other stuff like how you know how to clean up shit and, and all this good stuff but also joe just don't be thinking sometimes like it's like he knows what to do but then like when he held that one guy yeah, hostage and, and in his, his house yeah. and took off his damn mask and it was like joe all what you, the fuck all you had to do was not do that and you'd have been fine yeah stupid now you got to kill him <sighs> okay next up uh kazazimoto generation of fire season one I don't this even know what was, that is. Is that something you was watching? No, oh, no. we watched this. this yes, like the, uh, the, the anthology. Yeah, the anthology, the Afrofuturistic anthology show on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I forgot to put that thing in here. Uh, it's on Disney+. Plus. And I, I I remember enjoying it, but I just don't... I just think we just kind of fell off. Like other there, were some, there were some that were better than others. For sure. Um, and I feel like it got better as we were getting into the quote unquote season. Yeah. Cause the first couple episodes were like, Meh, but then it started to get better yeah. and then we fell off. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and then, uh, swarm season one. Swarm was good. It was weird. It was, Dominic it was Fishback. weird. And it was like, <sighs> I get why people, I feel like we probably, I feel like we always miss the boat on watching stuff while it's, in its viral stage yeah. when people are like live tweeting and doing and all that other type it. of yeah, stuff yeah, 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 yeah. and we get into it afterwards and i'm like damn maybe we should have watched it while people Some were hype on it you had to be there like yeah. during you know it's run like even though it came out this year if we were even a month late it's like well nobody's really talking about it anymore and what the fuck is going on <laughs> like yeah um, it was weird it was interesting and i liked what we were watching but it was also like it almost felt like I got to be in a certain mind state yeah. <laughs> to watch this yeah. because it's like not what you would say is traditionally entertaining. Okay. Cause you like, what the fuck is going on here? It was mad Who's weird, the bro. actual like narrator of this story. And, and, and I've also seen cause people have done um, like op-eds and shit like that about it saying, that Dominique Fishback's character is not a reliable narrator because what she's narrating is happening is not actually what's happening or the circumstances. For example, um, the whole catalyst of her finding her friend dead, right? What they're saying is she's not reliable because there are things pointing to she didn't find her dead. She killed her. Hmm. 
I missed the think pieces on that one. Yeah. Okay. And then okay. again, that could just be people making something out of nothing because they want there to be some sort of angle yeah. or a feeling of something else going on rather than just seeing the art for what it is. Cause you know how I feel about that. Sometimes a vagina is just a vagina, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it looks like a vagina, that's probably what it is. Probably. And it ain't, Oh, well this is, you know, the embodiment of this, this and this, and you're crass for just saying it's a vagina. And then the artists come out and say, it's a it's vagina. A vagina. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really one of these things with swarm where I feel like maybe if we watch to the end, we would understand better. But also, I don't really feel like doing that. Um, final thoughts on Swarm? Uh, yeah, we fell off. And okay. uh, I, I don't know, man. Maybe it's because we should have been watching it while the hype was yeah. enough to carry us through it. Okay. Final nominee for the We Fell Off show of the year. Hell's Paradise on Crunchyroll. I think we got a couple episodes in. And we did. And then when we finally started like learning about what was kind of happening on that yeah. damn island, yeah. um, it just, it, it ended up for me, like I, a lot of people were saying how good it was and stuff like that and how we're getting to know the one boy who basically the guy who can't be killed right can't kill anything can't be killed no he can kill things he can't be killed that's the whole point he's like no, I a said super he can't feel anything right? oh okay yeah i thought you said can't kill anything i was like what but yeah basically can't be killed um and the executioner that's using him to like i guess get to this island to find the secret of immortality for the emperor of japan right and her apparently being this like great master of the sword, but she's not getting like the respect. respect that she deserves because she's a woman. Yeah. And, you know, it being like, oh, you know, you don't have the real spirit of a of a um, executioner because you hesitate because you, you know, care about people or whatever because you're a really woman. Tropey. And it was like. Because what they're saying is, yeah, you got a master of the sword and you make these clean cuts but the people feel it. And what they're saying is if you really are a master of this, these executionary um, arts, they shouldn't even feel that their head got cut off. It should be a surprise to them that my head is rolling around on the ground now. It was, I don't, I don't know. I just kind of, it kind of, it just kind of lost me. I mean, with all everything, with everything you just said, and then it was just basically like, oh, well, you're a woman, so you w- you wouldn't be able and, to. And that's the thing, right? Because she had no confidence, but it was like, oh, but she's actually really nice. But she doesn't have. Co- but then she's talking about the confidence that she don't have. And then like, oh, I have to use this as a way to um, prove it would just she was like one of the worst kinds of of main characters for me Mm -hmm. and in particular what they do with female main characters Mm -hmm. where it's like i'm so good and innocent and my moral compass doesn't waver and there's no way that you should be better than me because i'm a good person and you're not a good person and i you know i'm sitting on this moral uh moral high ground thing it was just like i i hate me a goody two-shoes know-it-all yeah okay uh so that's house paradise so um this is the uh watching blurredly awards when we discuss all the nominees in real time and then we find the most obscure way to decide a winner and honestly babe i feel like the best way to go about this category that we fell off show of the year what show of these nominees 
do you want to go back to? Bloodhounds. Bloodhounds. Oh, what well, and you. So for me, it's going to be between Bloodhounds and you. I did say we should go back to K- Kizazimoto. Yeah. But. So if you had to rank the shows that you wanted to go back to, number mm-hmm. one, two, and three. So I would say my, so I would go from the bottom up. And I would say Kizazimoto. Three. Because I don't have, there's no, I don't have a problem with it. It was good, mm-hmm. but for some reason, I'm not feeling a draw to like I'm really invested in this. And maybe it has to do with the nature of it of being an anthology. Yeah. So it's not like I'm it's following. Not I'm not following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not following a full story. Yeah. Um, from beginning to end. I mean, I guess you're getting a beginning and the end, but it's like these are little snippets in time of these characters. Now I remember there were some episodes where i'm like oh i wish this was longer i wish they turned this into an actual into a, show yes. so i could see everything that's going around that's leading to this moment or whatever um but because it's not like that and you're getting these snippets you already feel a sense of not loss or really disappointment but like it's just like okay i, I I feel like I, I'm not really going to be able to get attached to these characters. Yeah. So I'm not really in the need to come back so soon. There's not a there's not a need okay. uh, or a pull. Number two would probably be you. And that's just because we're catching up to things that have already been yeah. um, out for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I'm just like, you could probably still wait. And I'm still stuck on Joe being a family man. Like, you know, I don't want his kid to die or nothing like that. But I know, I I feel like I know he's going to get away from love. I don't know how that story ends. Because after finding out about her and her being crazy, I didn't investigate more about what goes down between those two. Uh, And then also his first, the first girlfriend, or not first girlfriend, but that one girlfriend that he thought he killed, but she didn't actually kill. And she came back. Oh, never mind. She's dead. Because that's right. That was one of the things with love. She came back and was trying to torture him through love's brother who uh, did love kill him? No, he he died. Um, I think. Oh, the cop killed him the cop because killed him. He shot him. He, yeah, because he saw him having a gun to uh, to what's his face head or whatever. Yeah, so the cop yeah. killed him. But love killed the ex-girlfriend that he had locked up in that um in the storage unit yeah she she came in there and i guess she thought see he's crazy and she killed her yeah love was like nah you ain't, you ain't getting my baby okay mm-hmm. so you is number two and yep. then that makes and then bloodhounds number one yeah okay i will cooperate uh i will agree bloodhounds is the show that i would like to go back yeah. to so he fell off that hard but they are going to win the fell off show of the year because that's the one we really want to go back to. Congratulations to Bloodhounds on Netflix. Y'all can check it out. Let us know if it's something you fell off of. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing too. I think we fell off because we also didn't understand the type of show it was because I thought it was going to be way more fighting. And maybe it is going forward. We just haven't got to it. But the scenes with the fights, I was like, Dope. and I agree because they were talking about it on Shits and Gigs and James was talking about like, yo, the fight scenes they're real fight scenes like they fight in light like they show him how people who box box and like he's like it's for real for because i know james used to box and was like really into it until he decided like i want to have a life (laughs) um i think at college he was like yeah i want to have a life i'm not training anymore to box but i believe him like he know he know what it is to fight and to fight as a boxer 
And when they were showing those fight scenes, I was like, damn, these are nice. Like, I know that man kidneys is hurting. He about to be pissing blood for three weeks. Okay. Sounds good. Let's hop around a bit, babe. Let's go to the next uh, category, which uh, most disappointing show of the year. Okay. Most disappointing show of the year, y'all. The nominees are only three. Uh, we have Alice in Borderlands. Alice in Borderland. <laughs> you black. You like the blacks? Yeah. I'm, I'm, Putting I'm, an I'm, S on the end of everything. <laughs> the blacks is me. I'm the blacks. Alice in Borderland. Uh, Secret Invasion and Carnival Row season two. Mm -hmm. So we have two season twos and one season one of the nominees of most disappointing show of the year. Alice in Borderlands, babe. Alice in Borderland. (laughs) What did you think? It got disappointing because it was like they stopped making the games as interesting towards the end or like as I mean the stakes are always high of course right because people are dying and they're dying in like weird ass ways but it was just like it was like it didn't seem as sinister as it did in like the first season yeah and I mean which is weird right because they're still dying like for one people was having vats of acid dumped on their heads and stuff right but like the main disappointment was oh come to find out it was all a dream uh that day where that explosion or whatever the fuck went off in town square in the middle of uh yeah whatever in uh in uh in tokyo Tokyo. these are all the people that got injured and they were in a coma and, and the games were basically where you are in limbo where you're basically fighting to live and you're either deciding to die from your injuries or fight and wake up out of your coma yeah and it's just like it was it was a major letdown that was built up for two seasons and i just you know while i enjoyed the second season that revelation and then and then the full episode that they dedicated to wasting time before the revelation it kind of just took all the steam out of the out of the season for me oh yeah when when uh what's his face was the going through like an existential yeah. crisis and um they was like pretend like basically that was part of the game with the queen yeah and then he like woke up and was like oh shit Cause she was like making them feel like they was in a mental institution, which that would have even been better than what it actually fucking was, which was y'all was in a coma and then you woke up when you won, you got to wake up. But I mean, there could be a third season, maybe Netflix figure something out. Cause they're out of, they're out of manga to adapt. So yeah. I mean, if they do a third season, it's basically just going to be a new round of people where it's a group of people that were in one big yeah. accident together yeah. and we're deciding who gets to come back All and who's not ca- just going to die. Cause catas- cat- catastrophes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, may not be bad. Right. Um, just come up with better games. And now that I know w- what they're fighting for, yeah. like, I don't know, maybe let's say like do kind of like almost like sword sword. I hate saying that sword 
are online where it's like yeah. okay we know what happens in the game and stuff like that and we know what yeah right but now we're saying somebody came back from playing this game and remembers what happened and so now it becomes this like underground cult thing where like oh yeah did you hear about that that if you are part of a catastrophe and you go into a coma or whatever like that um people are fighting in this like third world or third dimension to come back so it's like, yeah, people who come out of a coma from that, it's not just a miracle that you came out of a coma. It's in whatever limbo you're playing like death games and you yeah. want to get here. You Honestly, know? I think that that would be a better use of the story. Like if they had said that in the beginning, I think I think I would have been able to be more amenable to it. Like, all right, we're in limbo. We're trying to fight our way back to living. Mm -hmm. And that would have given more meaning to the lessons that we learned Mm -hmm. because we know these people are between life and death. And now they tried to kind of retroactively do that. It didn't it didn't land. And talk about what happens to the the face cards. What happens to the kings and the queens after they lose like do they just die or like because let's say they were are they if they win and they decide to stay right Mm -hmm. do they just stay do their actual body just stay in a coma forever and like if they lose they wake up or like what happens yeah i mean that's that's interesting so that would be that would be interesting to explore in season three but the way that season two ended and what we found out where they actually were that it wasn't they were like transported to some new dimension or some shit like that or whatever it that was disappointing yeah yeah okay so talk to us then babe about uh secret invasion secret invasion same thing it i feel like a lot of the you know what honestly if I can't, I'm just going to kind of jump through, right? Not jump yeah. through, but I think all of the things that we said that were disappointing mm-hmm. were how how it ended. Just, because okay. they, I think all of them had, they're disappointing because all of them had such great potential and were good shows. Yeah. And then how they ended, it was like, like, for example, with Carnival Row, you know, you had the issue. I think they all had the issue except yeah no they all had the issue of covid right yeah and the filming scheduled and then we also had the not the interference but the thing with you know the strike with the writers and stuff like that and it was just like well maybe not so much for alice in borderland because that's a japanese show but for the ones that were written and directed um and acted with people who were part of like sag aftra and then also like the the writers guild of like america or whatever or you know all having to do with the main powerhouse being america because you could say like with carnival row it's like a british show but uh it's being produced and shown on amazon prime it kind of feels like it's being made by not like a, a british production house but a but an american one well the biggest issue with carnival row was the pandemic well that's what i'm saying so what i'm getting to is these issues are i'm guessing because of that because of covid and stuff like that and then when they came back for whatever reason it's decided that carnival row wasn't going to get a season three so now we have to tie up all these loose ends in season two and it was just like the way that you're deciding to tie up these loose ends doesn't make sense why is what's his face sister 
who he out here fucking and uh, about to get married for alliance why is she getting killed now and then she get her head chopped off and then right after he get killed by that that that, that um jaw, yeah. yeah that fade that can turn into that from yeah. a person and then it's just like it just was it and was then really weird, man. yeah and then what's his face um uh uh well no i was about to call him critchlow they're called critch um the black guy no the 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 main character dude oh 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 um i keep wanting to call him rycroft but it was something with an r uh rycroft illustrate philo philo yeah Ah. yeah Ah. philo and then also his uh girl i forget what her name is Mm. it's something whimsical Mm. Yeah, it's it's oh gosh. Whatever. Anyways, name? they they break up and it's like a whole issue and then they they want him to be like the new mayor and shit Vignette. like that. Huh? Vignette Stone. Vignette. Yeah. Like it just the way that their their relationship devolved and it was just weird. And then the fact that then Vignette went to go be in a relationship with her friend who was hoeing Termaline. yeah and it was like yeah. oh they always loved each they other yeah, yeah, they, she was in love with not even just we love each other's friends but they were in love with each other but she just kept on picking other people i was like wait what yeah. so now we're talking about they love each other and they in like a weird kind of thruple but not thruple because she also was kind of into this uh this werewolf guy but then he ended up dying. It, i was Carnival like what's going World, on like season two was just a practice and introducing things that they would never have time because then her and timberland went explore. back to tiernanock and got married and shit yeah. i was like when was that ever a thing that they were in love like that because when we first meet him in season one that's like her home girl like that's her like her her ace boom like, that's what it seemed like it didn't seem like they was girlfriends back in tiernanock yeah I, I mean people are traumatized and you know things happen the way they do but um and then secret invasion was just bad they they made the one guy out to be this big bad guy who had all these plans and was just like coldly calculative and stuff like that and just had nick fury's number um in a way that no one else had because he knew him in a more um I guess, quote unquote, intimate way, right? Almost like a father son kind of thing, right? Grew up underneath him. For at the end, it just to be a little boy throwing a temper tantrum. That was it. That was it. You reneged on a promise to me, which we still could have done that, right? You reneged on a promise to me, to us, to my people. And so I will make you pay for it. But it wasn't even, it turned out to be not you reneged on a promise to my people and to me. And you turned me into a child soldier and all these other things. It was daddy, you hurt me and then you left me. And so I'm going to make you pay. And it wasn't even so much for my people because you were willing to sacrifice a whole lot of them. You went away to hurt Nick Fury. How dare you go away in the blip and leave me alone and then come back to Earth and go back out to space and all this other. It was just it was extremely personal when it wasn't really built to be that way. And then they killed off Maria Hill for no reason. No reason. She's been in the MCU since what? Avengers? Before that, she'd been in 
you know, after credit scenes, and then just like kill her like that. It, for for something like Secret Invasion, I feel like she deserved better. Yeah, it was just. I, I mean, I didn't really care that when she died, it was kind of like a non thing for me. I was like, okay, but that's what I'm saying. Like she deserved she better. She could have. She could have died. I like. I would have assumed that she was already dead. I would have been like, oh, cool. She she wasn't here during the blip either. And she just never came back. Like, it was nothing to me that she died. I was like, fine. I get why people are mad about that. Whatever. It was stupid. But it was just the way that they wrapped that up in the end that literally all of that was just to hurt Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Yeah. And it's like you talking about it. It was like the main point was to hurt Nick Fury. And that's what I want. And then, you know, I'll be happy with the collateral is we get to have this planet. Right. Because but the at main that point, thing wasn't you're that World War three, like you're, you're literally like, Oh, we're going to kill all the, okay. So in order to find out who wins the most disappointing show of the year award, babe, which show of these three leaves the worst taste in your mouth? Um, to be honest, it's probably going to be secret invasion just because the implicate like the other two for the most part we know are basically done you yeah. did say they might be a season three but let's just say no alice in borderland is done with season two we know carnival row is done with season two mm-hmm. with secret invasion i suppose there could be another season but even outside of that this is within the marvel universe right so it's like all of these things that are happening in this are happening in this universe as we know it so then it asks all types of questions right because we had that one scroll pretending to be the guy playing war machine yeah so it was like how long has this man been playing war machine yeah what the hell has he been a scroll this whole time that we've even seen him the, uh, also the same thing with the dude who uh, was led into Wakanda played by uh, uh, that white guy who, Martin Freeman Martin yeah. Freeman I was about to say who played a hobbit by Martin Freeman who played Bilbo Baggins so yeah whatever in, in those the J.R.R. Tolkien films who got his shit about him too because he was saying how people was hyping up uh, Chadwick Boseman as a as a great actor and he wasn't all that and it's like sir please um because I think he said that posthumous, posthumously as yeah, well. Well, just like, like we really feel the name, the need to spit on somebody's grave and kick dirt on somebody's legacy. Man, really because you're, he said, I don't care if something good happens to you. It should have happened to me, right? Like, right. It's just like, I, I, are you that? fucking jealous that people aren't talking about how great you played your little side character that Chevrolet Bozeman just wasn't that great of an actor like sir shut the fuck up that wasn't even needed you could have been you could have been silent it was free it's, it's not that free. hard it's silence that hard. is free babes it's not that hard but anyways and you don't have to walk back your dumb ass shit and oh it's just my opinion uh for saying some bullshit but yeah so it's like how long has he been how long has a scroll been him and all these people and then you got amelia clark playing gaia she got all these powers and all this shit and light energy and stuff and people brought up a good point even though i think people hated on the marvels a little too hard why didn't she get affected by that why wasn't she in the marvels like or any like i don't know it i mean that's easy to explain though because if she got light powers from you know a different type of source or something like that it could have been having to do with how she got her light powers that kept her from being i affected. suppose so because it's they not got, yeah because they got him from 
the DNA of these people. So it's like, yeah, you're using it, but it's their powers anyways, and it's not really yours. So right. you, whatever. I guess so. But then it's just like, well, where the fuck is this bitch? Where yeah. is she? Yeah. And when did this happen? It's like, everything is so confusing about when these things are happening within the universe. And like, we're thinking like they must be happening around the same time but then it's just like is it a year before or a couple months before is it a couple months after like yeah it's just it's it's kind of dizzying about when things are happening and how what we found out in secret invasion is going to affect everything else because then it's like okay like for the for everything is so out of time and when they're releasing it, it's so out of time because it's like, okay, what happened in the Marvels must have happened before Secret Invasion. Because I'm guessing Nick Invasion. Fury it has been up in that space station. Yeah. Because also he's being more irreverent and funny. Because in Secret Invasion, this man was out here looking like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders. He is an old ass man. He he's is tired. feeling all of the pain yeah. and all of the injuries that he's gotten throughout his whole life. And Nick Fury is old and he's showing his age. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Secret Invasion was definitely my most disappointing show of the year. I thought they had a good opportunity to do something that would affect the MCU in a greater way. And in some ways it did. But in everything that it did well, it did something equally as terrible. And they had um, such good actors. Yeah, and they yeah. were acting until they weren't anymore. Which was at the end between Nick Fury and his fight with, uh, what was the squirrel's name? Gravik. Gravik. That actor, he was acting his ass off. When he was talking to that council of scrolls that was pretending to be um, high-ranking officials in all these different um, governments. countries, governments yeah. and stuff, and he was letting them have it. I was like, oh, damn. That is a word. You better tell them. Yeah. And then it was like, you're just a well-spoken child having a temper tantrum. And that's so disappointing. And it's like, it's just because you didn't have the time and you didn't have... It seems like you had the writers and then like the writer strike was happening or at least like the beginnings right before it became known made public and the writers like walked out or some shit like that and then y'all had to write the rest and it was like it's almost like you can see a clear difference like if they told me yeah the writer strike at least on the inside happened while they were writing this show mm-hmm I can say, oh, I can tell you the date that shit happened. The date happened on after they finished writing episode five or episode three. Because after that, it didn't make no fucking sense. The tone of the show changed. It's like a yeah. wall. It was, it was like, hey, good writing, good writing. And a wall slammed down in between the first half of the season and the second half. And it was like, you cut off from these good writers. So now, I don't know, you figure out what you need to do. But the tone changed like that. Yeah. So, uh, congratulations, I guess, to <laughs> yeah. Secret Invasion for winning our most disappointing show of the year award at this year's uh, Blurredly Watching Awards. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of missed opportunities there. Let's move on, babe, uh, because this is our show. It's our award show. There's no time limits on accepting your awards, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk as long as we want about <laughs> right. these things. And we will never be, uh, we will never be, be walked off or whatever. Oh yeah, they ain't gonna play the music for us. Yeah, no. I mean, 
Yes, I'm sure some of y'all wish that they would. I'm like, girl, rein it in. Get it, get back on track. Get it together. Nope. So anyway, we go to our next award. Ladies and gentlemen of the evening, the next award is our Best Snap Trailer Reaction Award of the Year. And uh, we went through, looked at some of the Snap Trailer Reactions that we've done, made a list of our favorites. And we will give out the award for the trailer that gave us the most hype. So the nominees are... Gen V from Prime. Ahsoka, Disney Plus. Secret Invasion from Disney Plus. The Continental, Peacock. The Mandalorian Season Tree from Disney Plus. And Carnival Row Season 2, Prime Video. Okay, let's talk about it, babe. Because uh, if... if I mean, I want to give this award the same way that we enjoy the, the trailers in the snap way. What's your snap favorite snap trailer reaction trailer of the year? Oh, damn. We're not even going to talk about them. Nope. We're just going to say nope. what's the favorite. Nope. Um, so between all of these, I think the one that struck me the most uh, is probably going to be Gen V. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think that one had the most visceral reaction from me. And honestly, like, fine. That might be, like, too much on the nose because it was just like, you know, this same studio and the same production team and the same writers as the boys, right? Mm -hmm. And they're going to be integrated into that. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you know, they are good at that shock and awe. And, like, you know, it has people that I like. It already has people that I like because we've got... um, Oh my God! Why is his name Chance Perdomo? Yeah, I yeah, like yeah, Chance. Yeah, yeah. I like I like Chance and pretty much everything I've ever seen him in. Then we've also got um, I forget what the girl's name is, but she was in the uh, the Chilling Claire. yeah the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was in Chaos with uh, with Chance Perdomo. Um, I just think they're both really good actors. Yeah. They're really they're really good looking people. I like watching them. I mean, the only thing that would have made that even better is if our girl was in there with them. Um, Kiernan? No, please. Kiernan Shipka? No. Uh, well, who? The black girl. Who? Oh God! What's her fucking name? What are you talking? The the one who was the was one of the weird sisters in Chaos, and then she was also oh, in you. Tati and she Gabrielle. Yes, and everything. Jesus. Our girl. What the fuck? Karen and fucking Shipka. I didn't know who Please. was talking about. But anyway. Jesus Christ. Our girl. I'm talking about two sexy ass black people. Karen and Shipka? Yes. <laughs> yeah, the blonde, blue eyed girl. Look. Yes. I that's exactly confused. who I'm talking I was about. Confused. Okay. 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 Okay, okay. Yeah, the only thing that would have made me happy, happier is if Tati was Tati, in there as well. They might be able to get Tati for season two. It has been announced mm-hmm. that Gen V has been approved for a second season. That would be great. Especially, and it would have been great if she was in there too because of the um, the chemistry that she had with Chance Perdomo and the end of Sabrina when they, were, when they were an item. So, yeah. and yeah. out here uh, hunting people down and shit like that together. Hunting okay. her father down. But anyways, um, yes. Visceral reaction, shock and awe, all that good shit. I would say that was the one that got me hooked. So I feel like I know who you're going to say, but that's because I'm just sitting here kind of looking at this poster that I got you anyways. And just how I know your love, but surprise me, maybe. It's a soaker for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're uh, like, trailer. if a has one fan, it's you. If a has no fans, you're dead. Kind of yeah, thing. I mean... <laughs> Uh, 
just that trailer was such a good tone setter for me. Uh, I think it helped redeem what's going on with the universe for you. Just a little bit. Uh, Especially after, wait, do we have this one on our list? What? The one that was so disappointing for you? No, that was last year, but that was Okay, yes, Obi-Wan. I think that helped to re-solidify your faith. My faith in in Dave Filoni. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, But no, okay, so we have to do a winner, or do we want to just have a you winner? So between Gen V and Ahsoka? Yeah. Are either one of us willing to relent is the question. Or should we play rock, paper, scissors for it? I feel like Ahsoka um, is going to show up more than once in our different categories. So I feel like you should just give it to me for Gen V. But also the category that she shows up in again also has some pretty good heavy hitters as far as what we're saying um, is being nominated. Um... I mean, I'm I'm fine with giving it to Gen V. That was a great trailer. And I feel was, like it was a great trailer. I feel like the show, the actual season was good. I wasn't really disappointed with anything that happened in that show. Um So we wanna give it the we wanna give the trailer reaction to Gen V based off of Partly based off of how successful they were with the I show. I feel as like well. the I feel like yeah, maybe, but I also feel like from the trailer because we got the trailer pretty early before um we were able to see the show so we were anticipating it for a while um and yes it's still within the same universe and time frame as the boys but we didn't really know what was going on at godolkin you or anything like that with these teenagers right so we didn't really get to see them until Gen V. Whereas with Ahsoka, we did get to see her in the Mandalorian season yeah, yeah, two. Yeah. So we had an idea of like how Ahsoka was going to be. Although we did get a lot more and I, and I like her better than from what we saw in that one episode in Ahsoka's episode in this, in season, in that season yeah. of the Mandalorian. Um, but I feel like we kind of had an expectation already from that of what it was going to kind of be like. Um, I, I, so me personally, I want to give it to Gen V and I think we should give it to Gen V, but sounds uh, good. Sounds good. I'm fine with it. <laughs> okay. I'm fine with it. I mean, these are two amazing, uh, snap trailer reactions. I wish that I had the audio that I could go back and, and replay, but, uh, I didn't, I, I didn't feel like doing all that. Um, so yeah, congratulations to Gen V for being our snap trailer reaction of the year. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Golf cap. All right. Uh, so let's uh, let's move forward. Let me strike this through here, and we will move on. Okay. Now our next award is a very prestigious award for <laughs> the watching Blurdlies. Uh, achievement in animation, y'all. We thought about our favorite animated shows of the year, and we want to talk about their animation the special effects the 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 movement just art overall because my fine wife here uh this stone cold fox oh lord did graduate with a fine art degree so we want to give an opportunity here to go over some of the things that you thought stood out from these shows that made the nominees are you ready for nominees yes let's do it go ahead uh so nominees 
Demon Slayer Sword Village Arc. Blue Eye Samurai Season 1. Kizazimoto Generation Fire Season 1. Legend of Vox Machina Season 2. Uh, and then respectively, uh, the Sword Village Arc, I believe that was... Uh, that was Crunchyroll, right? Yes. Because we were watching it on Hulu, Netflix, and then Crunchyroll. Blue Eye Samurai is Netflix. Yes. Kizazimoto is Disney Plus, and Legend of Vox Machina is Prime Video. Thank you. I forgot to put those notations in there. No problem. That's what you got me here for, boo cakes. I'm, <laughs> I'm always I'm happy to help. Um, so if we're talking about achievement animation, are we really just saying we're talking about the animation style? Are we also factoring in the storytelling? Like, what are we doing? This because is just animation. This is the, the there, there are frames that just pop out in mm-hmm. certain shows. There are techniques used to give, you know, the animation a depth. There are different things that are employed that help the animation tell the story yeah and i feel like our 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 nominees here all have great examples now of that. quick question for you because i'm not sure but i think so demon slayer is that mappa you know what this season might have been mappa i feel like wasn't it out. always i feel like whoever started it off is who has been doing it oh uh, no it's not mappa oh who's doing kimetsu no yaiba uh but while Ufotable. Ufotable. Okay. Yeah. From Fate I knew it was like I know that I know, I know that yeah. um I know that how that quote unquote house that uh that animation that house. Animation but I was like, I don't know well, I guess I'm thinking Mappa because I probably have um um I probably have Jujutsu Kaisen on the brain. But um Yeah, I mean Ufotable, who else have they been doing besides Demon Slayer? Because I feel like they have um, they've been doing a lot of good, a lot of good shows as far well, as their um. My favorite animation. one that Ufotable did was um, Fate Stay Night Unlimited. Blade okay. Wars. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to get. Okay. Blue Spirit is the studio behind Blue Eye Samurai. Okay. Um, and they also do the What If show on Disney Plus. Um, I could see that. Because Azimoto is an anthology, so I'm sure there are multiple Oh, yeah, no. Per, mul- yeah, different studios. Kind of like how they had different studios and stuff like that for... Um, was it uh, Sex, Death, and Robots? Oh, Love, Death, and Robots. Love, Death, and Robots. Yeah. I don't say sex. Love, Death. Of course, of course, it's not going to be sex. Love, Death, and Robots. How they had different animators for that. Yeah. And producers and shit like that. Uh, and Legend of Vox Machina is done by a studio called Titmouse Incorporated. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, if we're just talking about animation. Yep, just animation. Just the, I would just the say visuals. from between Demon Slayer, Blue Eyes Samurai, Kazazimoto, and Legend of Vox Machina, I am probably going to go with Demon Slayer. I think Affordable did a bomb-ass job on there and mm. a bomb-ass job in translating the uh, artwork from the manga yeah. into animation. Like, in reading the manga, it's so vivid in your mind that it's so engaging. And then to see it translated into animation, I mean, it's even beyond your wildest imagination, at least for me, like, well, not wildest imagination, but like 
they just did such a good job with the translation from basically print to to the animation uh and it's beautiful and you know a lot of that also i think i'm putting in a bit of the the feeling the subjectivity from how we feel about the characters and stuff like that and the storylines but no the animation it's so vibrant and just like dynamic yeah um i would i would give it to demon slayer i would say i do like blue eyed samurai but i they they are also another one that shows up again in our list and i may or may not give something to them for a different reason so if we're only talking animation i'm giving it to demon slayer all right we can't we can't be we can't be missing out on awards just because they show up later on the list man i mean it's not my fault that i already know where else they're gonna show up now i forget who else is in the running with them in that but i know that they're there okay so now um and i just don't think the animation is better it's good it's really good but they also have the support of their story yeah yeah, uh, yeah. so if we're just talking about without the support of the story the animation I'm gonna give it to um, Kimetsu no Yaiba I am completely fine with that and the reason why I'm completely fine with that is for a lot of the reasons that you said man Ufotable took what was achieved in the manga and gave it style substance but pop like there, there are sections and this isn't just the Sword Village arc but this is Sword Village arc is just the arc we got this year, right? Mm-hmm. So the last, but the most they, recent one, the, right? So there are there are frames in Demon Slayer when they're doing their breath techniques that are stunning artwork, stunning, and it's just like my God, the art really gives weight to the techniques yeah. and what and what uh, and what these swordsmen are doing. I forget the main boy Tanjiro, mm-hmm. like. Like he is slicing through his neck and the art just makes it just incredible. I mean, incredible. I don't know that there is a better achievement in animation this year. And that's with me loving the artwork of Blue Eyes Samurai. So, and I was just going to say, as we were thinking, as you were talking and as we're going through this, I was like, I'm sorry that my emotional issues have uh, stopped us from catching up all the way with Jujutsu Kaisen because they would be a heavy contender, if not maybe the winner in this category, Mm. if I was trying to avoid emotional damage. And that's even with knowing, like, because I have, I I am inside of, uh, I am inside of the arc where they are in, uh, in Tokyo, in, uh, Oh my god, what's the area in Tokyo? Shibuya. Shibuya. I'm I'm in the Shibuya arc. Mm-hmm. Um I think a little bit past where they have had actually no, not past where they have they've they've surpassed me. Uh because they keep on putting out episodes. They've surpassed me where I was in, in the, the Shibuya manga. arc in the manga. But to get to that point, even though I've read it, there is a lot of emotional damage. <laughs> that uh, there was at the beginning there were a couple you know there were a couple days i was like 
I was just ra- I was randomly crying. The, the pressure, and like boo hoo like, cry. Like they're so fake. Why would they do this to them? Why do I have to watch this? Oh my God! Why? How dare you? I don't need to see this flashback before he wakes up from his dream in his chair, and they're like, "Oh, sensei," and then we get to the show. Like, oh my God! Why? Uh, why they loved each other? See, oh my God! And no. and I just don't have I just don't have the emotional weight with the characters that I'm just sitting there like it's not fair it's not fair baby you ready to watch it could have been happy you ready to watch it baby you ready nope okay okay because as soon as we turn it on and I see 16 17 year old Gojo and 16 17 year old um Ghetto I'm just like no (laughs) I'm like Suguru Satoru I'm like no rip my heart out right now i don't want to feel anymore congratulations to demon slayers yeah for winning the watching blurredly's achievement animation award y'all uh if you agree you disagree let us know we have not watched uh jujutsu kaisen so with that said, Demon Slayer, Blue Eye Samurai, Kazazimoto, Legend of Vox Machina, Demon Slayer, Sword Arc, uh, Sword Village Arc takes the Achievement Animation Award, and we can move forward in the show. Next category is Best Surprise Show of the Year. Best Surprise Show. <laughs> I thought you were going to say year. it. I, I, I was like, is she here? She is she here? Okay. The best surprise show of the year, ladies and gentlemen, is the show that we watched just haphazardly, and it was fucking good. Mm -hmm. And it was fucking good. So You know what's crazy? Because I was wondering when this one show was going to show up, and I was like, I don't, I kind of feel like this show should have been up uh, in this last, this last uh, award that we just did, but okay. Which one? Blue so light? the nominees are oh, okay. Extraordinary, Hulu. The Witcher, Blood Origin, Netflix. Blue Lock, Crunchyroll. This is the one that I thought okay. probably should have been. <laughs> no. no, there was some dope animation. Of Blue yeah. Lock you're, you're right about that. Yeah. Classroom of the Elite, season one on Crunchyroll. Platonic, Apple TV. The Fall of the House of Usher, Netflix. The Terminalist, Prime Video. Those are the nominees, y'all. Extraordinary, The Witcher, Blue Lock, Classroom of the Elite, Platonic, Fallout House Usher, Terminal List. Let's start from the bottom, babe. How did you feel about Terminal List? I mean, I believe that it does uh, need to be on this uh, list, which is the best surprise show of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was surprised. You know, we were avoiding it because kind of it was during that time where we were just like, fuck Chris Pratt. Like, he's got some, you know, fucked up, allegiances yeah. um, the things that he be saying he's just like what the fuck are you even talking about dude this is why you're the worst Chris um, and then we had already watched that one movie he did on Prime Video the Tomorrow War yeah. and it was just like okay well that was shit he hadn't so, been doing any, anything good yeah it was just like okay that was a waste of time yeah. and he was a military man in that and so now he gonna be a military man in Terminalist you know, he may not be going for Goofy because he wasn't really doing Goofy in a Tomorrow War. But like, is this going to be good? And then we we just buckled down. We said, fine, we're going to watch it. 
And it was actually we were. I was like, "Now nah, wait a goddamn minute." We were we were very much transfixed to this show. Uh, I, I was like, "Okay, this is your wheelhouse. This where you need. This to is stay. where you need. To, this is home for you." Yeah, yeah. You you being this embattled military guy loses his family. You know, trying to figure out what's going on and why people are trying to implant his mind to forget things like this was a good fucking show mm-hmm. um talk to us babe the fall of the house of usher you watched this and for the same reasons that it it made the best surprise show of the year based off of the previous works of this mm-hmm. uh, so it's coming from the guy who did um so what was the most recent for us would be uh, Midnight Mass. Yeah. And then there was another one where he, he likes to recycle actors. The Haunting of Hill House. Well, so I'm not going to say that. That's not what I was going to say. But no. he did do that. He likes to recycle actors because he also did um, a movie where uh, one of the girls, she was a author who was deaf. And somebody, some murderer in the area got loose and killed her friends that lived like up the road and then was then came to come come and kill her and the issue was like you know she couldn't hear so it was kind of like she was like the perfect victim for him uh and then she ended up prevailing but like in the show you see clues of his other works like instead of it being him as the writer of stuff it was showing that she was the writer of midnight mass yeah which was like kind of cool so he kind of works things in to like how these things interact in between each other in these universes uh but yes as you said he was also the creator of haunting of hill house and then also haunting of bly manor but in midnight mass he also had um this one boy oh and then also the uh there was a show that i watched during the spooky season um i think it was like called this i forget the something club on netflix but basically with all these terminally ill kids and they're at this house where they um basically go to die yeah. it's a it's um uh what do they call that when you're basically hospice yeah it was a, it's a hospice house or whatever uh no it's not, no, it's not the club um it's basically about just put in Netflix um, hospice teenagers. <laughs> the Midnight Club. There so Midnight go. Mass and the Midnight Club. Uh, but yes, so I think at two or three, maybe just two, two of the kids from that, uh, Ruth Cod and Sorlian. Uh, Sapkola, mm-hmm. they are both in this show, the um, the fall of the house of Usher, and then the father, the Muslim father from um, uh, Midnight Mass, is in it as mm-hmm. one of the children in the house of Usher. Mm-hmm. Um, the cast is a pretty good cast. We've seen a couple people in there. Oh, yes, the crazy um lady who was like the helper to the priest in Midnight Mass, the redhead. Um, she was in she was in this so he basically my point is he's kind of like um what's that uh the nolan guy who does all of the like super superman and he also did the batman movies christopher nolan he's like christopher nolan 
if he likes an actor he's gonna reuse them yeah. in his movies yeah. um so i liked it but also i'm a fan of edgar Allan poe and yeah. basically an amalgamation of all the different poems uh by edgar Allan poe kind of all put into this um this show so i was interested in that um and it was easily bingeable and it made me think that i could go and watch his other two shows that were supposed to be like really fucking scary because it's like this was pretty scary but it wasn't like oh i'm gonna have nightmares for the rest of my life scary i wish i never watched this but it was also wasn't oh you said this was really scary but this was not fucking scary like midnight mass um so it's like okay made me think i could probably handle uh the haunting of hill house and the haunting of bly manor like they're scary but i could probably handle them and they're just good um so yeah that was a surprise for me coming off of coming off of midnight mass and also me not really remembering that the midnight club was by him too which i just should have known mike flanagan is the producer of all these shows yeah so uh i think we'll go to platonic on apple tv um i just i i didn't i I didn't have any expectations going into this we kind of just stumbled upon it yeah we had just kind of got apple tv i think we were in between a couple of different shows i think we just got serious about watching it because i had gotten it for that one movie that i watched that i reviewed with alex yeah um on his show with um oh my god uh oh my god what's her name from uh 50 shades of gray dakota johnson dakota johnson yeah, <laughs> yeah. um and so that you know that that movie was a good movie it was an interesting kind of like indie movie um which was made i believe we had discussed by the same uh writer director whatever of uh scenes from a marriage uh and apparently his movies also have this sort of kind of intersection with them i think we had discussed you guys go back and look for that um i have to find what the movie is um and you guys should watch it it was it was good though um but yeah i got it for that and then had just not watched it (laughs) um and then i was just like well i got it why don't i just like watch shows on it cha-cha real smooth yeah cha-cha real smooth it was good cha-cha real smooth y'all yeah um so yeah we we decided to watch it more was looking at stuff and then we were like oh that's rose Byrne and seth rogan and we know we they had done you know some funny movies together uh the neighbors yeah. uh, and they had pretty good chemistry yeah so, so we were like oh let's check it out and not a disappointment not a disappointment at all. I mean, Seth Rogen's basically playing himself, which is, I mean, what Seth Rogen does at this point. <laughs> right. Rose Byrne, um, she was delightful in the beginning, and then she became very annoying, but not enough to derail the enjoyment of the show. There were just some really dumb things that she did that they tried to play off as, you know, something anyone would do. And, and no, it's you actively did the wrong thing. But uh, it was still really enjoyable. Um, let's move on to Classroom of the Elite, baby. Watch this on Crunchyroll. Uh, yes. But also, just to let you guys know, um, the, it was from, so the, the podcast that I did with Alex, 
it was the the episode is called Cha Cha Real Smooth. We did it in 2022, and it's on Cinema Joe's. Nice, nice. Make sure you check it out, please. And thank you, uh, Classroom of the Elite. How did you feel? Um, you know the funny thing, I had started Classroom of the Elite by myself and just never finished it. And then we were looking for something to watch, and I remember I was like, "Oh, I think you'll like it." Like I could restart it because it's been so long. Do you want to watch it? And you were like, "Yeah." And we got into it, mm-hmm. and I got past where I had stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of lucky for for me and for you because where I stopped that's when it got like real and we started to realize the main character's personality like he isn't just one of those characters where it's like oh i'm just kind of i'm really smart but i'm just bored and i just don't want to be bothered with anybody and just leave me to fuck alone like we got to see oh he don't care about nothing nothing or nobody but himself and it's not even just that he's bored and unaffected just because he's smart it's just like he's bored because legitimately he thinks every other person in the world, but especially in the school, is trash. Yeah. You're all trash. You're all stupid. <laughs> You're all easily manipulated. I don't Yo. care about all I care about is me living a life that I want to live unbothered. I am a Koji is like he's just that's exactly what it is. Though. It's like, like when he reveals himself, like really and truly reveals himself. It's like, oh shit! I think he's like a, I think he's like an agent or something like that. Like, because we still don't. know. I mean, we saw glimpses of he basically grew up in like in a testing facility, of, yeah, program or some shit, and now he's. And out the reason in the why they really world. want to keep him is because he was the one that was like doing the, the best out the of perfect, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I mean, I'm looking forward to season two of Classroom. I know there's a manga. I don't feel like reading it, but. Uh, really, really. Um, I I really hope good. he never changes. Please let him continue to have. Let this one reveal of his personality be it. Yeah. He don't care about nothing or nobody, and literally he looks at everybody like they're trash. You're okay. fucking trash. Let's move on then to uh, Blue Lock. Blue Lock is a uh, sports anime, and it's based on uh, soccer. How do you feel about it? Um, it was really good. I mean, essentially, we're following a whole bunch of crazy sociopathic egoists who think they're always right. I've got some experience with that. LOL. Uh, and also, I got educated on who they're comparable to uh, as far as ego. So, but regardless, I thought that this anime did a good job in... I don't know. It's like one of those things where I like when anime show people uh, having certain character traits and kind of hyping them up, but also saying like, oh, you got to be this way and like fostering that sort of mentality uh, because like it's, it's kind of one of those things where they're like, you got to be a little bit crazy to be the best at something that you love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm definitely I have quite a bit to do with these type of people as well. I think <laughs> I think all of us have some some of this in us, but it just pops up at certain times. Uh, but I thought it was excellently animated, and I like seeing the thought process that goes into this type of insanity um, for these guys. And they all have their different strengths and weaknesses, and they're all supposed to be, you know, they're trying to build the best striker in Japan. And um, just seeing these dudes and, you know, like, 
they basically, if they fail out or they flunk out, they'll never be invited to the Japanese national team. So it's like there's for real, for real. Yeah, yeah. Like you know how they how they do it, and then there is just like this this maniacal super genius guy that's like yo whoa this is gonna do it and he's got all this money behind him yeah it's a it's a good anime really 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 surprised and the animation is really good the scenes of them actually playing are so dynamic it's really like watching like a fight yeah yeah i fucks with it okay um so on to the next nominee for best surprise show the witcher blood origin um this is a prequel Uh to the witcher on netflix and uh this is basically the origin of the witchers so Mm -hmm. uh, i guess it's aptly named we didn't get almost any of the regulars from the show except for our jovial um the bard. bard in the beginning but this is like a deep uh, prequel, and um, I didn't think I would like it as much as I did. So, yeah, I remember you being very skeptical. I don't think I was as skeptical as you were, but um, yeah, we were both very pleasantly surprised with the origin story, and just kind of like it's giving you an insight to what was actually going on with the elves yeah and how essentially how we had basically this rift in time and space and dimension on how humans got introduced to elves because apparently whatever they were doing in their land was fucking up their environment and so they were trying to figure out a way on how to save their world and uh basically they cracked open uh space and time and said, oh, we found this new place here, which I guess was Earth or whatever the equivalent is in the yeah. Witcher uh, geography or universe. Uh, and it was like, oh, but yeah, girl, people are the worst and they're going to wipe you out and you'll never be able to go back home. Yeah. So. And we found out where all the monsters come from as well mm-hmm. in the universe. So, yeah, it was it was really good. I mean, great uh, representation as well. Yeah, I think so too. They were they were showing like everybody's elves, but they were all quote unquote different races. Sure. I don't know if that matters or not or anything like that. It worked. But it worked for me. I thought it was cool where they where basically it showed they did this weird magical thing on this guy and then, you know, him and his girl were doing this dance of will they won't they and then they finally did after he was basically physically and magically changed. And so the first Witcher came about from conception. Yeah. And then I guess the other ones had to just be made by swapping out internal organs and shit. Yeah, with monsters. So, yeah, yeah pretty cool. Uh, check it out if uh, on Netflix if you haven't already. And if you're a fan of The Witcher, of The Witcher show. Last but not least for the nominees, uh, really, really like quiet banger, honestly. Extraordinary on Hulu. Um, another... Sorry, go ahead. Another hero show, but this 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 one kind of turned it on this on the side of his head a little bit because basically in this world at I guess the age of eighteen, everybody or like you know teenage years, everybody gets a superpower. Mm-hmm. Like and when you hit puberty, basically. Yeah, and this is a story of this one chick that just never got a superpower, mm-hmm. and it was funny as shit. Great dialogue. 
Um, it's about super powered people, but it's not. And I'm really excited because I just heard it's getting a season two. Yeah, I would agree. Like, it's definitely one of those things where it's like a sleeper um, surprise good show. Because I wouldn't say out of all of these shows, it's the best. But it was the most unassuming. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's let's get to the award, babe. What would you say is your winner for best surprise show of 2023 um for me hmm i don't know i might say oh god i hate to give it to him for me i might say the terminal list mm, prep 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 i really liked it it was good it was yeah good shit. uh for me i would probably give it to blue lock i was addicted to this show yeah and I think it was a good show and it wasn't necessarily on my radar to watch, mm-hmm. but I had heard, I had heard a lot of people saying that they liked blue lock yeah. before we even, before we ever, what? Words. 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 English. Motherfucker. Do you speak do it? Do you speak it? Um, I had heard a lot of people saying that they liked it. Yeah. Um, and the same as you, I'm not really that into sports anime besides Haikyuu. Like, that's pretty much the only one that I'm like, yeah, I really, really was in it. Right, I tried right, to right. get into uh, Prince of Tennis and stuff like that. But yeah, Haikyuu was just like, okay, sports anime that's I'm into. And then, uh, you know what? Actually, there was a basketball one, Kuroku no Bas- Basket, but I never finished that one. But yeah, in general, it's not my favorite genre. Okay. This one is a sleeper for me because it's that genre and I wasn't expecting it. But I think I went with the terminal list because I didn't even really hear people talking about the terminal list, at least in our kind of like spheres of influence. Well, it came out in 2022, I believe, but we didn't get to watch it until 2023. Yeah, we were putting it so off we because of Pratt. Lo- yeah, we probably lost some some excitement there. But it's one of those shows where you don't have to kind of be there where it's when it's happening. Yeah, uh, because it was just damn good. Yeah, I guess we did find out that they're coming out with a season two, right? Yes. And it was funny because, um, and we were talking about it, they, it has Jai Courtney in it. And he was in um, that show that we watched on Netflix where they were, um, he was in Kaleidoscope. Yeah, he was in Kaleidoscope as that uh, as that painfully terrible guy. Yeah, and he had a, he was Australian accent. Yeah. He was like a one of one of the bank uh, one of the bank robbers. Like he was supposed to be really good at getting into safes. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm fine giving it to the terminal list. I mean, it was a, a it was an excellent show. The pacing was good. The action was good. He was also um, in was it, it the Expendables? Yeah. No, he was in Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um. But yeah, terminal list. Uh, I can I can definitely uh, agree that that was a very strong surprise uh, this year. So what are we gonna do for our rating? Because like I would say, just overall, I enjoyed Blue Lock more than the terminal list. But my logic was that I was least surprised that Blue that Lock I would. Was good. L- yeah. yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. I mean, we we give out these awards of whatever makes sense to us in the moment. So the fact that the terminal list kind of came a little bit farther out of left field 
definitely qualifies it for best surprise show of the year. Because you're right. We were saying like, oh, everybody's talking about Blue Lock. Yeah, this will probably be pretty good. We didn't know it was going to be that good or yeah. that we would like it as much. But we were hearing about it. But Terminal List was like, literally like, uh, what's this shit? I guess we'll watch it. And it just turned out to be incredible. Congratulations to the Terminal List. Yeah, nice. On Prime Video for winning... Our best surprise show of the year, ladies and gentlemen. Moving forward with the awards, the Watching Blurly Awards. Our next uh, category is the Missed Bus Award. This is an award that we created for shows that we wanted to get into this year and for whatever reason, just didn't. Uh, so these are shows that we probably still have great plans to watch. But when they came, they went. And we just never got an opportunity. So let's start with the nominees, babe. All right. So the nominees are Star Wars Visions Season 2 on Disney+. Plus. Disney Plus again with Loki Season 2. And then Warrior on HBO Max. Is it still is it still Max or is it just HBO? Uh, might just be Max. Max. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Castlevania Nocturne on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Wheel of Time Season 2 on Prime Video. And lastly, my adventures with Superman on Max. All right. Let's start. Um, there really isn't a rhyme or reason to these. We just, for whatever reason, we just haven't watched them yet. And there are things that we probably wanted to cover and just never got around to. I did want to get into my adventures with Superman. Didn't do it. I don't have anything else to add. That wasn't even really on the radar for me, to be honest. So you would have been the one to like lead the charge on that. Well, I was interested, you know, because it has um, Jack Quaid playing Superman. Um, I don't know who from that is. From, um, from he plays Huey on uh, the Boys. Oh, okay. Every time I say Jack Quaid, you're like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, um, Dennis Quaid's son. And I yes. always be like, it, that's basically always the conversation. Yeah, and Meg Ryan and it's his mom. So yeah, uh, yeah, nothing else to add. Hopefully, we get to it. Um, Wheel of Time season two. What do you think, babe? Um, you know, the reason why that stands out in my mind is because when we were watching the Rings of Power, we kept on saying, how is this worse than Wheel of Time? Right. <laughs> and then and then we were around the time of Wheel of Time season two came out and it came out. And I don't know if we were like fantasy fantasied out because A of the Rings probably. of Power. Yeah. But we just we just didn't go back. So okay. it was like, damn, we were like, oh, shit, this has been out for a while. Yeah. Uh, Castlevania Nocturne on Netflix. I didn't finish the first Castlevania. And I think that's what stopped us because we felt like we needed to finish the rest of the seasons yeah. for the first one. And everybody was like, it's a different show. We were just <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, we still want to finish the first one. So we just didn't get around to it. Uh Warrior on Max. This was a show that we really like. Yeah. And so for this one, I think. Like we really dropped the ball on this one because we got on to Warrior and then what is this season three? Three, yeah. Season three. We got on to Warrior. We were able to binge season one seasons one and two. And we were just like, Why isn't this why aren't more people talking about this show? And it's so great and all stuff. And then we fucking fell off. Yeah. Bad. We were basically I mean, we weren't campaigning, but we were like, damn, good because at first they didn't know if they were gonna have a season two and then they did and we were like, Oh, we're so happy for it. And it just came and went. 
And he was like, fuck. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's the same thing with Loki and Star Wars Visions. Like, we, we, it's, it's been a year. I think those came out at, for us, inopportune times. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll say that's, that's that for those two. Okay. Let's talk about who we want to give this award to. I think I know which one I want to give it to. But I, yeah, I think if we're talking about Miss the Bus Award. And if we're talking about it kind of hit me or hit you the hard. Well, okay, I'll speak for myself. It hit me the hardest, especially when you brought it up, because it wasn't even on my mind. When you said it, I was like, fuck, yeah, yeah. what the fuck? Warrior. Yeah, Warrior. Absolutely. Uh, we are we have, we are in agreement that we need to get back on the bus if it, if it spins the block. I think for me, it's just because we loved it so much for it to just not be on my mind. Yeah. The I, like I I want to say Castlevania Nocturne, but I can't really because it was on my mind because it was everywhere. People yeah. were making videos about it. They were saying how cool the animation was, the characters, you know, all this kind of stuff. So it's just like, ah, I just haven't been watching it. Like, but I've been seeing, you know, little snippets of it where I can be like, where I can see it. Like, yeah, this is cool. This shit is kind of crazy. What's going on here? Um, I just never sat down and actually watched it. Whereas we weren't seeing nothing. I wasn't seeing nothing nowhere about Warrior. Nothing. And so for something that I said I love so much, just because it wasn't on my radar, I totally missed it. And we were so excited when yeah. we heard it got a third season. Like, the, the cast was all on social media celebrating. Like, oh, we got yeah. a third season, y'all. We coming back. And we were waiting. And, and I feel like just, we were waiting. Yeah. And then someone came and was like, it came out last month, Baby Cakes. And yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, fuck. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, y'all, it's, uh, it's getting toward that time. We're down to our final three awards, y'all. And this is a huge one in my mind because I think that this one is going to uh, be a prelude to a lot of the awards in our biggest and final award of the night. Mm. Uh, but this category is the best single episode of the year. The watching blurredly awards y'all let's get into the nominees this is the this is an episode that was just like as good as any other episode of single tv this year and we just enjoyed it and it was just it was an amazing part of whatever season it was and possibly the best episode of that season so let's get into the award babe start from the bottom yep so it's going to be the bear forks and that is season two, episode seven. The Bears on Hulu. Ted Lasso signs season three, episode five on Apple TV. Blue Eye Samurai: The Tale of the Ronin and the Bride, season one, episode five. That's on Netflix. Ahsoka: Shadow Warrior, season one, episode five on Disney Plus. And The Last of Us: Long, Long Time, season one, episode three. And that's on HBO uh, slash Max. Yes. So, babe, uh, you can start wherever you like here because we're getting into the big hitters. Um, You know what's funny? I think we're basically doing like kind of irreverent. Let's do top. Let's do bottom up because okay. these are the less, uh, I think, emotionally damaging okay. up to the most emotionally <laughs> okay. damaging. Okay. okay. So, okay. I, let's I start you. from there. Let's um, the the bear isn't light. Ted Lasso is more light, but you know, still we're in that we're in that area. Yeah. yeah. So the bear forks uh season two episode seven. Yes. I really enjoyed that. I really feel like we got not even feel we did. We got a whole new 
side of Richie. Yeah. Um, and we got to see, I think in the season just in general, but specifically this episode, kind of a little bit in the other episode, which was a flashback, which I think a lot of people would pick that was a little bit more emotionally charged. But in this episode, he we got more depth to him and we find it feels like we finally got to see him get a win and it's like he found his purpose he did um and that was a thing like you know at first we're like richie he's kind of an asshole he's like one of those men from the block he's like a neighborhood dude he doesn't really have any skills or anything like that so it's like what is he even really fucking doing here it's like you're basically just working because you know the owner and it's, it, there was a point where we're like, oh, is he going to fuck this up? And he feels like he was sent here to teach him a lesson to humble him. Yeah. But then he found his pace and he found his groove and he let go of his ego and he submitted to the lesson. And it was just, it was really, it really warmed my heart. I I wanted him to win, but in this episode and going through when he was finally getting stuff and he was getting his groove, I wanted him to win so bad and it made me it made me really like richie like before it was like oh he's kind of likable but kind of not too because it's like fuck this dude yeah he's got an attitude and it's like why you got all this attitude and you think you can make all these decisions and you don't really do shit around here like what do you do i feel like that question was asked to him multiple times in season one and going into season two and so this really I liked how this episode gave him a purpose and something to strive for and said, you are good at something. This is what you're good at. There is actually a position within the restaurant world for you. Yeah. And it was able to use the skills that he had in order to uh, bring something to the restaurant that, you know, is, is going to be expected of a restaurant of that type. And he was able to learn and, like you said, humble himself a little bit. And Carmi was like, yo, I'm a, I'm, I am I'm, got this place where somebody's going to give you a chance to pick up and learn. And, of, of course, at first he didn't understand. But then once he came to understand and accept the lessons that he was being taught and bring that back to the bear, like, Rich, Richie was that guy. Yeah. And I think a lot of us were just proud of him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like you said, for him to get a win – but then also for him to have a purpose within this business and, and 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 value that he could bring because part of Richie's journey was just he just felt like he didn't have anything to to to, to give he didn't have anything to contribute and everyone else was doing all these different things and he's just there and mm-hmm. now he's an integral part and he helped uh, he helped them you know immensely <laughs> and uh who'd have thought richie would be the one coming in to save the day yeah loved it um babe blue eye samurai oh wait oh wait did i skip yeah you yeah. skipped ted lasso oh, shit. all right ted lasso signs uh this, this is season three episode five in this episode, Richmond suffers a seven-game winless streak since their loss to West Ham. Rebecca visits a fertility clinic after noticing another one of Tish's permissions coming premonitions, English premonitions coming true, but learns that she's no longer fertile. Ted learns his son got in trouble for bullying another student, but is reassured when his son shows remorse. Keely fires Shandy for her antics, uh, leading to the firm losing a client. She and Jack grow closer and end up getting drunk and having sex in the office. Nate takes a famous model on a date to a taste of Athens, his favorite restaurant, but she leaves out of disinterest. Nate later bonds with the waitress, Jade. Zava fails to show up for the man 
Manchester City game, forcing the team to play without him, which they ultimately lose. Following the game, Zava announces his retirement, leading Ted to make a speech, suggesting that Zava's departure will benefit the team as it will encourage them to regain their belief in themselves. All of that said, the best moment in the show, mm-hmm. uh, the episode, wasn't in the what wasn't in wasn't this, in uh, synopsis because that's not why we uh, not at it. all, not at all. Um, and the best part of the episode is basically the confrontation between Jamie and his father, and I think the whole team had not met his father before, and when they finally got to see what he was like, like all of them up front, I think they got. An idea of why Jamie is the way that he is that even because everybody knows like Jamie can score. Jamie is a good player, but he gets in his own way because of his ego and his hubris. And that's why he basically got let go from that one like really good team and was basically had to come back to Richmond with his tail between his legs, like praying and hoping that Ted would take him back, which kind of caused a rift between him and that one Nigerian player. Yeah. Uh, because he was like, don't bring him back because he's an asshole and he made things hard for everybody here. But, you know, he gave him a chance or whatever. And Jamie did bring himself around. Uh, I think this was kind of in the midst of him bringing himself around and trying to get, you know, everybody to accept him and kind of show his humility and then they saw that when his father came into the back yeah. and started showing his ass and um, he had had enough and he hit him because uh, he was talking to him crazy. Everybody was seeing he was talking to him crazy. And then um, Roy Kent, you know, <laughs> looking all big and bad. Jamie thought he was about to come over there and get in his face and he hugged him. I I, I didn't almost cry. I cried. Yeah. Hey, fucking Ted Lasso. I cried. God damn it! Uh, like I felt that. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't this also the episode where Roy Kent did his uh, take a rope and beat him. I, that wasn't this episode. That was this season. That wasn't this episode. I thought it was episode five. No, I don't I think so. Okay. I think okay. it was a different episode when they were back. Because no, because they were back in Richmond, and they were talking about how Ted's son was uh, being bullied okay uh but i don't know what how how to deal with bullies what episode does that say that was in does it say uh let me see here let me me see what episode what episode episode because this was the episode where his son was bullying somebody was it or he was bullying somebody or he was being bullied well the son was bullying somebody uh, da, 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 da. season three, episode five. Oh, damn. Okay, so episode five was just full of good. Uh, <laughs> it's full of good things. So yay, we just liked episode five because for me, when we were talking about it, we were like, it's between this scene or another scene, and it was the same episode. So how about that? GGS. They was putting too much gush. See, that's the thing about Ted Lasso. It was too for much. me. Yeah. It was just good. And Alex will laugh at this because he <laughs> he got beef with Ted Lasso. But to me, every episode was just chock full of goodness. Yeah, just yeah. so much to choose from. Too good. That's why I say, oh no, it can't be too good all in one episode. It's got to be two different episodes. No, two amazing scenes in the same, same damn episode. episode. 
Okay. It went from me crying because of the emotional turmoil, and I feel it. It's hard when you're trying to make your parents love you, and they just don't want to love you, to crying because I'm laughing so hard because Roy K is so <laughs> ridiculous. He's talking about beating somebody in their sleep with a rope drip uh, dipped in red paint so they think it's their blood, and when they beg you to stop, you laugh. <laughs> you laugh. And you keep laughing, and then you begin to beat them again. Incredible monologue. Uh, and it's so funny because his actor is nothing like him, but it's, it just works out. His actor started out as a writer on the show. Oh, yeah, that's right. And they were just like, yo, you can play Roy. And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so funny how those things work themselves out. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the next one, babe. That would be Blue Eye Samurai, The Tale of the Ronin and the Bride. And this is basically a flashback episode of how our main character got to be basically where she's at. It, it's it's really the beginning. It's actually the beginning of her story of redemption yeah. and where she may have stopped because she found out her mom was actually still alive, which was fucking crazy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Cause she got injured looking for, you know, one of the white men who ain't supposed to be in Japan. Uh, she got stabbed. And then when she was like running away to try and find help and people, nobody was trying to help her on the road, which funnily enough, she, she walked past that bitch and her daughter who was weaving baskets. I was like, mm, y'all two again. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny that Mizu saw you on the road years later and you can't get into this, uh, into this village because your husband was the one that had the little travel token and now that now he did but anyways and then she see her mom hone it up on a bridge yep and it was like mom, mom what the fuck yeah you just left me so wait bitch. wait 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 let's 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 do the summary of the episode real quick faced with the threat of hamada's men mizu gathers the women of the brothel in the cellar and tasks ringo with guarding them inside the brothel she starts taking out the thousand claws individually but one manages to wound mizu resulting in her slowly losing strength in flashbacks mizu is seen recovering a, uh receiving a similar wound from some gangsters and is later saved by her presumed dead mother who goes on to arrange a marriage between Mizu and a disgraced samurai, Mikio. Mizu gradually opens up to her new husband, but the relationship sours when Mizu hurts his pride when he loses a a sparring match, after which he calls her a monster. A group of uh, soldiers show up to the doorstep to collect a bounty on Mizu's head. Feeling betrayed by Mikio, she battles the group and kills them. Afterwards, Mikio and Mizu's mother fight over who tipped them off on Mizu's whereabouts, leading to Mikio stabbing Mizu's mother to death. Mizu then kills Mikio and leaves. A narrated Bunraku puppet theater play intersperses and complements the storytelling, with its female protagonist eventually transforming into an Unryo, a vengeful spirit. In the present, Mizu is pinned down but manages to summon back her strength, turns her sword into a makeshift Naginata, and kills Hamada's men. The men sent by Lord Daichi arrive to take Akimi back home, and though she pleads with Mizu to help her, Mizu doesn't intervene. Ringo, angered over his master's callous decision, ends his apprenticeship. Panning out from the frame narrative, Princess Akimi is shown at the Shogun's Palace. What an episode. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, between the fights that were happening in the present and then the emotionally charged backstory of her her almost just giving up her journey for revenge 
because she was happy. I guess despite how quote unquote ugly she is, this disgraced samurai was actually falling in love with her and she felt like she was having a life right. only to be rejected because I guess he was she was stronger than he expected and his pride was wounded. So yeah, you really are a monster now and I gotta give you up so that I can, you know, get my honor back from yeah, you know whatever was... whatever feudal lord that i was with who i dishonored it was just like damn man that's crazy the way this episode played with time as well um just as far as the baraku puppet uh theater and then the um the uh flashback to when she was married and then the battle happening right now like it was just cut so beautifully and just all these stories happening at a singular time uh, and and really really um, giving to each other and adding to each other and the, this is clearly the best episode of Blue Eye Samurai of many great episodes and it, there's no way it could I could have this category without uh, putting it on here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That was I mean the whole season was amazing, uh, but definitely that was one of the best episodes. Uh, out of the bunch okay uh next up is ahsoka shadow warrior uh let me pull up the whatchamacallit here the synopsis yeah 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 all right so shadow warrior season one episode five or part five you got it uh while searching uh setos yeah for Ahsoka and Ren alongside his mother, Jason Sindula senses that Ahsoka is in the world between worlds, thus revealing his own connection with the Force. Anakin explains to Ahsoka that he had been watching her through the Force and deduces that her loss against Skull is partially due to her unresolved guilt over the events that drove them apart. Uh, Ahsoka loses a duel with Anakin and relives fragments of her past during the Clone Wars, during which she grows concerned that her legacy will only be one of fighting. Believing Anakin's teachings includes his legacy as Darth Vader, she initially refuses him, which leads to another duel between them. Finally understanding that she wasn't involved in Anakin's downfall, Ahsoka chooses to live and continue fighting. She is recovered by Syndulla's crew, and through her power, she learns that Ren is with Skull. Syndulla is contacted by uh, Mothma. Mm-hmm who informs her that New Republic forces are on route to take her and Ahsoka into custody for performing an unauthorized mission. As the Republic fleet detachment arrives, Ahsoka recruits a pod of Pergil, Pergil? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pergil to take her and uh, Hyung. Hu Yang. Hu Yang, oh my God. To, <laughs> and I know the name, what the fuck, uh, to Bridger and Ren while Sindula, Jason, and Chopper stay behind. Yeah, another banger of an episode. Who plays uh, Hu Yang again? David Tennant. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking uh the purple man from yeah. Uh, yeah. Jessica. Yeah. And uh, then also he played Doctor, Doctor Who as well. Who, yeah, that's that's his like most famous role. But yeah, what another banger. I mean, Ahsoka Shadow Warrior is such an amazing episode because it really translates and brings into live action a lot of those scenes from uh, uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars. And we got to see a young Ahsoka uh, played by Ariana Greenblatt yeah. in live action. And that 
that <laughs> duality between her and her master and um the the deep the deep cuts um and the references from Star Wars the Clone Wars where you know we get to see them in in their first battle and a young Ahsoka realizing and and Anakin trying to teach her that yo we fight or we die like this is not a game and yes you're young and 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 this is not what we wanted it to be this isn't how we wanted it to be but this is how it is and this realization or this knowledge that he has at this point even though he's very young himself i think at that point anakin was maybe 19 um so it was uh it was really not not jarring or if i say jarring i mean jarring in the absolute best way to see these characters and their matriculation and just the love that they have for each other uh in the world between worlds and anakin trying to teach her and trying to wake her up to fight for her life because she's she's is, is was she living life or was life living her and then to see her come out on the other side as ahsoka the white now you know no longer ahsoka the gray and in, in her detachment and her d- d- depression she she was in a rut and and this episode was the first one where she kind of started coming out of that a little bit she was a little bit more exuberant she was mm-hmm. a little bit more um open you know what i mean and just seeing that she had made that choice after absolving herself or after meeting with anakin and being absolved of the guilt that she felt having to do with him becoming darth vader and being the scourge on the galaxy which she felt she was partly responsible incredible yeah i um i also thought it was fun well not funny but interesting how people were saying like yeah you know people who have been into star wars watched the clone wars all that stuff that it was more jarring to see Ahsoka as a child played by a child to be like, oh, the Jedi was out here really having child soldiers lead grown ass men Facts. into war. Facts. Uh, and, you know, as much as we want to say, you know, the Jedi are there to help balance the force and they're the good guys. They was out here letting kids like basically run the show in war killing people and making tactical decisions like it's real hard to justify that no matter what she was a a girl a girl child and people was coming up to her calling her general yep that shit was crazy and she was responsible for the deaths of so many clone troopers and anakin was like babe that's their job yeah sometimes their job is doing what we need them to do when we need them to do it and sometimes that includes you know giving their lives for the republic or what they felt was the republic at the time uh because we all know how that worked out but uh yeah Yeah, shadow warrior um definitely one of the highlights of the year i thought it was also really cool how they did say like yeah anakin uh, whatever you feel about him and him being darth vader and stuff like that he is he is one with the force and he was necessary and needed. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it was it was dope to see him again, honestly. Like, yeah. you give me an episode where you're bringing back um, you're, you're bringing back our boy. Uh, I'm do, I'm cool with that. And, and they use him in the best way. And I think that that's part of what was so amazing about that episode as well you were able to see him as a young guy you were able to see him older and then you were able to see him as a current 
Anakin, who who has been Darth Vader, who has been the Jedi Anakin Skywalker, and he's found peace yeah. within the Force. I like that. I like how he basically forced her to come to terms. Like you said, basically, like, look, you need to let go of what I became and how you feel like that affected your relationship with the Force. That was my relationship with the Force. Mm-hmm. And I'm good with the Force. It is good with me. I did what I was supposed to do. And part of that was teaching you. Uh, and I see now that it wasn't over. So let this be the last lesson. Right. And, and that you're going to decide if you want to live or die. And it was it was beautiful. It was it was beautiful. OK, let's move on. Uh, we have. The last one in uh, in this in this uh, in this category, babe. Yeah, the last uh, one. That's what I say. We are ascending in heartbreak <laughs> and emotions. Facts. Um, <laughs> the Last of Us, season one, episode three. Long, long time. Uh, and the summary goes something like this: Joel and Ellie begin the hike to meet with Bill and Frank. Ellie sees evidence of the government's execution of innocents during the early days of the pandemic. Back in 2007, Frank leaves Baltimore and stumbles upon the compound of Bill, a paranoid survivalist who reluctantly takes him in. The men begin a romance, sharing a love of music and food. Years later, Frank contacts Tess by radio, and the two groups enter a tenuous friendship. In the present, Frank is terminally ill and asks Bill to assist his suicide after they marry. Bill, not wanting to live without Frank, kills himself as well. When Joel and Ellie arrive, they discover a letter Bill left for Joel. Bill wrote that protecting Frank gave his life meaning and that he has bequeathed all his supplies to Joel and Tess. Unbeknownst to Joel, Ellie uh, Ellie takes Frank's pistol. They take Bill's truck and set out to find Tommy. This is such like this synopsis does nothing. Nothing. I was like, okay. I mean, that is this is what happened. But Jesus Christ what's crazy to me and to, i feel like everybody had this uh this feeling and this was something that was just amazing that was done with the last of us and mm-hmm. it's like we can all say that this is canon because it was you know the the, the show was heavily i can't even say influence right that the people who did the game did the show yes for them to take a character who was an aside in this way you didn't even really meet his ass and to say this is the story behind him and y'all might have thought when we said partner he was just going out with him raiding and shit like that no he was his partner Partner, his life partner uh and this is i mean the the fucking beautiful they had what like 20 years yeah because this was this was way when when uh when they met it was the beginning of the pandemic yeah. yeah Well before Ellie was was even an apple in anybody's eye. Yep. Um, just crazy. I was like, my God. This Though, this episode is hauntingly beautiful. And Nick motherfucking Offerman. That man acted his ass off. His I was whole like, ass. I didn't know. 
He ain't got he no cheeks. He had cheats. this in him. Jeez, and freaking red. Wow. I'm sitting there like, <laughs> like hyperventilating, yeah. crying at the end of it. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ, what a beautiful fucking love story. These two motherfuckers sit in a garden, giggling over strawberries and shit. I was like, this is some sweet ass motherfucking bullshit. How, <laughs> fu- how fucking dare you? <laughs> like, how dare you offer this up to me and they die in a way that they fucking die? Yeah. Can you imagine? It's just like, and those little things in their own little corner of the world, everything's going to shit. And because you're a weird survivalist you're that likes being prepared. alone, you have, yeah. cre- right, you have created this area for this man to come in and make it more than just surviving to the point where, again, Y'all in somebody's abandoned backyard giggling over strawberries. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And Nick and Nick Offerman's character, his 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 actual laugh and the laugh that we remember from him um, being uh, from Parks and Rec, that silly ass fucking laugh. Yeah. That giggle. Oh my God. Jesus. It was definitely one of the and th- and this this episode was not in the game at all. Like they just was just like fuck it. We gonna we gonna get y'all some plot shit for episode three. Nobody could have saw that coming. Nobody could have expected that from an adaptation. And like you said, babe, he was mm-hmm. Frank was like a drive by character in in the game. You didn't meet him. Actually, he was dead. But yeah. um, for them to to go back and take this and and to have an opportunity to flesh out two people who ultimately in the grand scheme of things don't matter but to give us that story to give us that opportunity to view this pandemic in a way that we had never been able to see it characterized uh just gave such a whole new level of nuance to everybody to the world itself to the universe and it was just beautiful and it was yeah. just it was just shocking and 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 amazing and there's nothing more that I can say about it because it's, I'm still affected. It was it was just that fucking good. I think it was a good um, it was a good example of because yeah, that was only episode three. It was a good example of them telling you what things are important right. in this show, right? Like yes, the actual plot that we know from the game and what's going on in these bigger things, but what they were telling you is the nuance is important. The details are important. Truly, the devil is in the details because people saw this. We saw this. Like, of course, we saw when we were, you know, reading the reviews, people and people because that was a big thing. Like we were all watching it together and then we would all come back onto Twitter and talk about Mm -hmm. how fucking dare you do this to us. You're just sitting back laughing like, Uh you know, you think this one you're going to stop crying. You all you think it's just going to be a light and airy episode. Ha 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 ha. No, you're about to fucking I'm about to rip your heart out. But with the details of how much these people loved each other, right? Because you saw how he served the dinner to him at the beginning, but knowing that when he turned his plate, because he likes to start with his vegetables and where Bill likes to start with the meat, but Frank likes to start the vegetables. So at the end, when they're having their last Uh, meal, he puts the plate down with the vegetables uh, facing him. You know, things like that of showing like, this is how much they know each other, how they love each other, how they go around living with each other in this in this uh, yeah in this apocalypse in this house how they go about their daily tasks with each other it's like he knows this man right and it's just like oh you know 
I want you to help me die or whatever. And I'm going to give you, you know, your medicine and stuff. And I don't, I know you want to, but I don't want you to come with me. And he like, bitch, I done put a whole enough <laughs> of this shit into the wine to kill he two said, fucking horses. He was like, oh, it's in the wine, ain't it? Yeah, bitch. He said, I've been took it, bitch. I'm that just giving you the powder made. now to make you feel good. But right. we both been dead as soon as we started eating. Facts. And it's, oh man, it's so good. Uh, okay. Well, that was the last nominee. I mean, I think that we kind of know where this is going, but, um, what would you, what would you award, uh, the best single episode of the year? I mean, I think we, we basically just gave it to him. The last of us long, long time, long, long time. Congratulations, Neil Druckmann, the cast, uh, producers, Craig Mazin, um, an amazing, amazing episode. Uh, congratulations. You guys have won the Watching Blurredly Best Single Episode of the Year Award. And we'll move forward here. Uh, this 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 category is going to go quick because then we have our final award for the evening and then we'll do our tallies and get the hell out of here. Uh-huh. Uh, most anticipated show of 2024. Now, some things are going to be on here that I may recognize. Some things are going to be on here that Courtney may yeah. recognize. But we'll start with the nominees, babe. So... Avatar, The Last Airbender, Netflix. Shogun, FX. The Boys, Season 4, Prime Video. X-Men, 97, Disney+. Plus. Star Wars, The Acolyte, Disney+. Plus. Arcane, Season 2, Netflix. Devil May Cry, Netflix. Yes, yes, yes. Where do you want to start? Um, we could just start from the from top down. We'll Avatar, switch it up. The Last Airbender, we didn't do a live trailer snap reaction because it it came out of course in our off time yeah but the trailer for the avatar the last airbender looks incredible yeah when they finally started actually giving us something to look at as opposed to just like a screen of moving things on rocks i i i cried i dropped i dropped some thug tears on the trailer (laughs) just because it looks so genuine yeah and what we've gotten up to this point was just trash truck juice and it just we just put m night Shyamalan behind us (sighs) <sighs> it, it just needs to be genuine i think they can make changes they can have creative license but just be genuine to the characters and the journey and and it, that's how it looks so far and i'm fucking in yeah i'm excited i'm excited to see the real live actors dramatization of yeah. our beloved animation yeah Okay. What about Shogun? Um, I think I'm more excited for that from FX just based off of the visuals. Yeah. I'm not even quite certain of the full on like what the plot of the show is going to be. Seems but like... the visuals and the actors that we're seeing that are going to be playing in it. Um, it's a lot of people that we've seen from a lot of other like um, period piece Japanese yeah. shows. Yeah. Um, like from The Last Samurai and other things like that. Um, where we're just like, okay, this looks like it's going to be good. I think I think every every network is trying to do its Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I think Shogun is FX's one of their one of their uh tries at it. And it just looks like a Game of Thrones in that setting. And I'm I'm here for that. Um if that's the only summary that I get. Uh there was a trailer, but yeah, the trailer doesn't show as much like the plot or what we should expect. But it looks good and it looks like the cinematography is amazing the costumes are amazing so i'm down with it i hope 
it doesn't disappoint because I, I was just about to look it up, but it doesn't even matter. Because remember, they FX had that other period piece that had Tom Hardy in it. And it looked like it was going to be good. It looked like it was going to be shot beautifully. And then it was just really fucking weird. And I never finished it and got through it. And I was just like, this is a little bit painful. I wasn't even watching that with you. Yeah, I I forget what it was called. But when they were first like previewing it, I was like, okay. Because I was, you know, kind of at the height of Tom Hardy being like really sought after and stuff like that. Um I think this might have been right around the time or right after he had played Bane because he was still pretty like jacked. Okay. Like not his how he normally was jacked, like in um uh Inception. Inception. Yeah. Just like more jacked, like how he was for Bane. And it was just it it wasn't given what I thought it was supposed to give. So hopefully it doesn't disappoint in that way. Yeah. Okay. So then we have The Boys Season 4, which is coming off of Gen V Season 1. Mm-hmm. And we got that after credit scene with uh, Billy Butcher finding the woods. Um, and he's pretty he's pretty aware that there's a soup virus at this point. Mm-hmm, so, that he could take advantage of. So yeah. he's, you know, he's excited about that. We're going to see how way. that goes. Um, the next one, X-Men 97. Just love the the original X-Men, the animated series. I'm really excited to see what they do, bringing those characters back and the voice actors and all the nostalgia, but also pushing the story forward. So, yeah, that would have been the one that I had no recollection of um, or that I didn't know was coming out, so you had to let me know about that. The so. OG show is on Disney+, Plus, and we can binge it. Um, I was thinking about doing that anyway just to get myself caught up. Um, but you know, it depends on timing for everything. So, sure. um, then right back to Disney plus for star Wars, the acolyte. I'm excited for anything Dave Filoni does in this universe at this point. I don't think he was responsible for Obi-Wan is probably, probably why I didn't like it, but if he was, that's what I'm telling myself. Uh, so we'll try out the acolyte acolyte when it comes out and then we get to, Ooh, heavy hitter arcane season two. Um, you know, I am, I am, I don't want to say hesitantly optimistic, but I'm optimistic because it's kind of hard. They came out the gate so strong. Mm, So it's like to top that first season. I mean, it will really blow my mind if they do. It's like, damn, I don't know who you got up in there cooking that crack, but <laughs> they they doing a good job. Yeah. You you got a fiend for life, right? Yeah, Whoever's cooking arcane, that crack up in there, if it come out better than the was first season. Pure crack cocaine. And I'm here for season two. We don't have a release date, but they did say 2024 so mm. that's why it's here or oh, who cooking that meth you got what was that guy named that Ro- robert shit. robert white rich was what was the guy from uh breaking bad what's his name oh uh damn, frank white not frank white no. that's the actual well he went by heisenberg when he was selling but um yeah, Skyler. yeah. yeah, yeah well skylar was the wife right that we yeah, hated skylar white to, i'm trying to remember his last name though because that was his last name yeah right. skylar white but what was his, his name? Like? Frank, Frank White. But Frank, Frank White was was a dude from uh the real life man from Washington, DC that was also cooking up, which maybe that's who they 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 uh they they uh made him off of, but just like the the Midwest white version, uh or oh, Western no. white version. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Walter. Uh, Walter White. Walter White. Walter. Because Frank Wright, he was doing blue magic, but he was doing that. He was doing that shit in DC. Uh, okay. Walter White. So I don't know if they got Walter White up in there cooking up that blue meth. 
that that real high grade shit. But hey, <sighs> all right. Well then, and then lastly but not leastly for this category is the Devil May Cry animation coming to Netflix this year. I'm really excited for that. I love Devil May Cry as a series. There's a lot of lore that I'm not purely caught up on yeah. at this point in time, just because I haven't actually finished Devil May Cry 5 I need to get back to it I remember you playing one of the games when we was in school like I distinctly remember you playing it and I was really interested in the gameplay Um, and like it was one of those games too where it wasn't the most advanced like animation and stuff like that but I remember thinking that it was cool Uh, because it kind of almost gave me the same feel as that one game you played where it was in outer space but they had that um that alien life force that made everything look like disgusting flesh disgusting flesh where it's like uh it was like taking over the universe and you were one of those um you were like a captain of a ship that died and they got reincarnated or brought they brought oh, you mass back. effect too yeah like yeah. mass it reminded me of like the same kind of feeling vibe of um uh, of like how not how it was shot not the cinematography but like how they were showing how like the evil things were made out of this like you is almost if as if you were inside of a beast's stomach or some shit like that maybe it's not mass effect too but either way I think way, it was Mass Effect 2 where you had to find those creatures and kill them and it was like I taking over bases and shit it might have been the first Mass Effect but uh, I don't think so I okay don't, I don't remember you talking about we played this I played this in school yeah shit I don't remember okay well anyways <laughs> that was so long like a, a, a kind of like a horror vibe Got yes you. that's what it is it's this horror vibe that so, it's given that yeah, I liked Devil May Cry is, is like an action action a game where you are playing as Dante, who is one of the sons of a demon god named Sparta, and his twin brother Virgil is—he doesn't know he's still alive. But I'm—I'm I'm interested to see how they do it. So yeah, super anticipated for me, babe. But let's go ahead and give out the award for the most anticipated show of 2024. You go first. I mean, I feel like it has to be Avatar. The it Last has Ender to be. Bear. I agree. Let's. Uh, uh, well, you know what? Shit. What? I feel like it's between Avatar and Arcane. Well, the reason why I'm more excited for Avatar is because we've already gotten the season of Arcane. Okay. So I feel like I need I need this this remake for Avatar. And also there's new things that we could see, but also Avatar comes out in like February and Arcane may not be until toward the end of the year at the earliest. So that's just going to come out earlier, so I'm more excited for it. Okay. Fair. I feel you. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there is a lot more nostalgia and like emotion behind it. So, yeah. There's oh, that absolutely. too. Okay. Well, you guys, that brings us, well, congratulations to Avatar Last Airbender, um, getting our award for most anticipated television show 2024. Uh, brings us to our final award for the evening, y'all. This is the big kahuna. This is the Watching Blurdly's best show of the year yay ooh, 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 the big dog 2023 the war we all been waiting for and your nominees are blue eye samurai netflix sex education season four netflix gen v season one prime video the morning show season three apple tv 
Ahsoka Season 1, Disney+. Plus. The Bear Season 2, Hulu. Ted Lasso Season 3, uh, Apple TV. This is a murderer's row. Um, I think the best way for us to do this... I feel like we could just knock out who don't got it. Right, 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 right. Sex that's, education that's don't talking. got it. All right, that, so. I know you liked it, but the final season actually kind of pissed me off. Okay. <laughs> it, hey, that makes it just a little bit easier to uh, to do this. Although I'm glad that that one character um, uh, is now playing... He's the new Doctor Who. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad that... I don't know if this was the breakout show for him, but this is how I even how he even came on my radar as an actor. So that makes me really happy that he's on a show like Doctor Who that has such a cult following, yeah. like a loyal cult following. Yeah, people, people have been watching, watching Doctor Who for like, like thirty years. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, uh, what else can we cross off? Mm, I feel like we can cross off the morning show. Yeah, I feel like we crossed up the morning show. It was good, but mm. I feel like we started just because we were waiting to see Nicole Bahari. And then after the scene that went viral that was showing up on, you know, people showing like, damn, this bitch could act because we all know she could act. Mm-hmm. Getting mm-hmm. to that, it was like that was the only scene they really gave her to flex her muscles. Her chops, yeah. yeah. She wasn't in as much of season three as we were hoping. But she was fantastic when she was there. Yeah, and what we saw, so. Okay. Um, what about The Bear? Hmm. Such an excellent season in television. I, you know what's easier for me? It's easier for me to knock off Ted Lasso because that's just it. That's the end. And we're yeah. not getting any more seasons. And although I love Ted Lasso, we're getting more seasons of the bear. Or at least we're getting another season of the bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so fair. I will All keep right. them above him. So we've crossed off Sex Education Final Season, The Morning Show Season 3, and Ted Lasso Season 3. That leaves us currently with Blue Eye Samurai, Gen V Season 1, Ahsoka Season 1, The Bear Season 2. We're down to our final four. What so, needs to go? For me, even though I did really like it, I would cross out Ahsoka over the bear. Hmm. I would agree. Really? I would agree. Oh, I'm surprised. I would agree. I thought we were going to have to have a little bit of a tussle over You know, it. and the thing is, we're going to get more seasons of Ahsoka as well, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was amazing. And I love what they're doing with the character, but it wasn't perfect. There were some dialogue issues. Uh, there were some 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 con- continuity issues. It wasn't perfect, but it was great. Yeah. But I can't say that anything else that's left on the list has any of the flaws that season one of Ahsoka had. Okay. So I think that's fair to leave the bear up there. So top three shows right now, y'all. Yeah. Gen V season one, Blue Eye Samurai, and The Bear season two. Um. Again, I think I would choose the bear over Gen V because mm. although mm. I did really like Gen V and it did well at what it's doing, mm-hmm. it's still I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. We all know I love gratuitous violence. Absolutely. And I love crass jokes and things like that. Oh, but there is really a message there. But I still think the bear has more substance and I'm partial to shows about cooking and things having to do with cooking and wine and pairing food and the experience of sitting down and having like a nice dining experience those type of things 
um, speak to me. And I think it's cool that Chicago is a character in and mm-hmm. of itself. I think it's, I really do like shows that incorporate the setting as a character as much as one of the actual characters. Now, also, the bear has amazing character work. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Gen V season one was great. Um, when you're in that mindset of wanting something like Gen V or the boys, they always deliver. But I feel like the bear is just one of those things where it just it elevates itself and it continuously elevates itself, which makes it a very difficult decision now between our top two of the bear season two or our end of the year darling blue eye samurai yeah i mean i think i know where we're going uh, i will say honorable mention just based off of what i said about how what i like about the bear mm-hmm. and um for me because you didn't watch this with me i would even be willing to go back and watch the first season because uh, i think you'll like it high on the hog which uh is on netflix which is basically talking about um uh the culinary achievements and um contributions of black people uh, Mm. to food in America and like the different types of food that we eat and, and make and contribute to and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, It's a really good one. Season two. And I say that because season two came out recently ish. Okay. I think in the past, like two to three months it came out. High on the hog. High on the hog, yep. And I never got I never got back into it. But the first season was excellent. Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk about the So between the bear and the blue eyed samurai. That's, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Best I feel like we are both gonna agree we're giving it to Blue Eye Samurai. I have to. I yeah. can't I, The Bear was good. Was just, you got into the bear based off of season two. That's true. So and I appreciate that we were kind of on accord with the rest of the list mm-hmm. with the bear. But yeah, Blue Eye Samurai, I think, is I think, better. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just, just from. It was a breakout. Yeah, it, it, it ticks all my boxes, personally. I was hesitant to want to watch it you because it came out we didn't wait too long but you did have to say like you want to sit down and watch this and i was like uh, okay let's do it because i wasn't too excited about the anime style yeah but uh it was really good this was we, another one of those ones where the anime style maybe not was my favorite mm-hmm. but the animation was great and the story was great i'm trying to think of what was the other animation that we watched that was amazing but I just wasn't really into the style like that. Mm. It, was it an, was it another Netflix original? I think so. I'm trying to think. What was what it? What happened in the show? I'm, I'm, I can't even remember. It wasn't Arcane. Oh, God. What was it? Where we just like, oh, I don't really like this style. But the actual Was it Genlock? No, that wasn't that great. I don't, I don't remember, but you know what it might have been blue lock because blue lock is no no gen gen lock is no. on max that's the drone with uh michael b jordan yeah i know but then when you said lock it made me think of blue lock i was like wait no because blue lock isn't because it was definitely one of those animes that's more like computer generated and not like a traditional anime style but blue lock isn't like that yeah blue lock is pretty traditional yeah from that aspect maybe it'll come to us before yeah. the end of the show but until that time ladies and gentlemen uh, the Watching Blurredly Best Show of the Year Award goes to Blue Eyes Samurai on Netflix. Woo! 
well Man, deserved. What a year. Not quite a landslide, but still. It was uh, a conversation between yeah. the show that we actually hadn't covered on Blurred Watchers this year. We actually had never covered the bear, uh, the bear yeah, true. on the show. So for some listeners, that may have come out of left field, but it just goes to show we're watching shit. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Not all the time do we get an opportunity to talk about it. Uh, but there are some great shows out there. Hopefully, you guys are able to check out everything that we've nominated and all the winners. Of course, I'm going to come right back after we do a quick uh, tally, and we're going to give our bonus award of the night that goes to the best streaming service of the year. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, last bonus award of the night is for a very special award for the best streaming service of the year based off of our uh, awards here, babe. So uh, let's go ahead and give them the uh, nominations and then we'll announce who got the most awards. Okay. Uh, so, so we're just saying we're just saying all the nominations or we're saying who got the most nominations. So we're going to go by streaming service and then we're going to do the nominations. OK, uh, so we'll start. I'll start. So Peacock had two nominations. Uh, Disney Plus had 12, 12 nominations. Um, Crunchyroll had four nominations. Hulu had four. Prime Video had 10 nominations. Max had three. Uh, Apple TV have four nominations. And uh, drumroll, Netflix had 14. 14 nominations. Okay. And with that said, our streaming service of the year with four awards from the Watching Blurdlies is... Netflix. Netflix. So the most nominations and the most awards. Yes. Netflix led the field with four awards taken home tonight. I think it was a little bit unfair, though, because we had a lot of the heavy hitters of the stuff that we liked just happen to be in Netflix because we had Blue Eyes Samurai. We had Avatar, which is coming up. Yeah. Um, we also had, like we mentioned, Castlevania. Um, you know, we had a lot of and then Blue Eyes Samurai wasn't more than one uh, category category, yeah. you know, so Arcane, yeah. which was also more than one category. Uh, so, yeah, they yeah. did well. Do not be sorry, as Kratos says. Be better, everyone else. Uh, Netflix led the field with four awards taken home. Apple TV didn't get awarded this evening. Max had two uh, awards given to them. Prime Video had three awards given to them. Hulu uh, didn't bring home any awards tonight. Crunchyroll got one award. Disney Plus got one award. Peacock did not take any awards home from the watching Blurdly's for 2023 this year ladies and gentlemen that is our program babe did you have a good time giving out all these prestigious awards i did uh i can honestly say i also learned something uh you know uh uh we had some conflict resolution i mean we ran the gamut of emotions uh, in this episode which i think is pretty apt for the, the end, end of, of the year, year. yeah yep. the wrap-up uh yeah. you know we came full circle yeah this we is... laughed we cried we we argued we learned <laughs> this is definitely going to be our longest episode of the year guys so if you're all right with it listen to it on parts we'll see you guys back in january i hope that you tell all your good folks that you love them hopefully you guys have a great holidays whatever you celebrate and happy new year as well babe take us out I'm going to be looking forward to next year coming back and saying, oh, 
I haven't seen you guys since last year. What you been up to? It's been such a long time. Ho, 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 ho. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys enjoyed this year with us. Um, I know maybe it was a little bit chaotic, but we're all growing and we're dynamic people. And I'm happy that you're on this journey with us. Uh, please come back and continue in 2024. But for now, bye. Like, share, subscribe.